0: Hello everyone and welcome to Music Is Everything podcast brought to you today by our lovely patrons and hosted by me, Andrew Groves, and my very good friend, Matt Hornby. Matt. Hello. How are you? And what are you excited about this week?
1: Hi Andrew. Hello. I, okay, I'll let you into a little secret. Please. I went to see a film the other day. What in the cinema? In 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 the pitch at the pictures. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're very. I think I might have said before. We're very lucky in uh, old Brighton to have a, a two of a chain of independent cinemas called Picture House. Okay. Um, which yeah, they play great movies. In fact, yeah, pretty much everything you see there is great. Okay. Yeah, very um. What's the word very like film buffy very okay. uh you go there to wa you know watch the movie, not mm-hmm. just you can Lark uh, about <laughs> exactly, <laughs> not like you popcorn noisily yeah. no, so it's very civilized uh, very comfortable great great seats uh, that's my one of my favorite things about the place mm-hmm. the seat the seats are extremely comfortable um but yeah, I went there the other day to see a movie, a movie called. Before I say it, I think I was just thinking about this earlier. I think you'd really like this movie. Okay. And it's, but when we've touched on movies, mm. your taste's definitely more sci-fi than mine. I also, I, I'm, I'm, I'm. Or, or maybe I'm just talking about June. Yeah, yeah. It was probably
0: popular. Uh, more the recurrence of one, I think, over than a. Okay. So yeah.
1: No, I, okay, I fine. I, I take
0: them as I, I well, take it as I come. Okay, good.
1: Good. But I think I think you'll... Okay, in that case, I definitely think you'll like this film okay. if you haven't seen it already. The Banshees of Inishirin, it's called. Okay. Irish? Okay. Yes, okay. it's Irish. Okay. Uh, so it's pretty... I don't know what the word is. Popular, I uh, well-known. Like the director particularly is incredibly uh, well-known or revered. Okay who um, is an Irish guy called Martin McDonough? I think I'm pronouncing that right. Oh, yeah. That's my
0: side of the family is McDonough Might be related.
1: Spelled spelt D-O-N-A-G-H. Yes. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yeah, so he's Irish. And, okay, so this guy, really fascinating, has he's done some kind of shorts and stuff like that, but four feature films. Mm-hmm. Um, in no order in Bruges okay seven psychopaths
2: okay. Uh, and
1: a film called Three Billboards Three Billboards Ooh. Outside Ebbing okay and I've not yeah. seen any I've not seen any of those three films okay but for, from what I understand they're kind of he's one of those guys who when he does something everyone's like oh my god he's done sure. something and Save then he gets like hands. Grammys and BAFTAs and whatever nice nice um so yeah, this is his latest movie, um, with Colin Farrell mm. and Brendan Gleeson. Okay, both of those are Irish. Just as a, and they they
0: were both in in Bruges as well, right?
1: Oh, I don't know. I've not seen oh, okay. it. Okay, okay. So if if I haven't seen it, then I haven't looked it up. Okay, it's just um, this is an account you'd, you'd, of my experience. You'd
0: like them all. I don't know Seven Psychopaths, but the other the other ones you'd like a lot. Really good. I think
1: I would, and I, I, I've, I've in Bruges has popped up. I've, I know of it, but I just don't here. know anything about it. Um, but it has the other, uh, yeah. Basically, Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson are the main people involved in this movie. It's set mm. on a very remote island off mainland island. Um, okay, and <laughs> the premise is that uh, Brendan Gleeson's character falls out with Colin Farrell's character Mm -hmm. and basically just decides he doesn't like him anymore. And that's not giving anything away. You learn Mm -hmm. that in the first five minutes. Um, And that's it. And I cannot describe the rest of the movie except that me and my friend who I went with, we were sat there and it's about it was about two hours long, one hour forty five maybe um and we just sat there, didn't say anything, didn't move
2: mm-hmm.
1: and i've not I've not been that captivated in ages okay and and it's one of those movies like i, I think the only way I can describe the movie is to describe the experience really is so it really captivated for nearly two hours, and then we left and kind of we were just discussing what it meant and and we just theorised all this stuff for like half an hour, um, mm-hmm. like quite meaningful takeaways. And the first thing he kind of goes, I don't really know what to make of that, but I know it was really good. You know, right. it wasn't terrible. It wasn't, mm-hmm. there's not an obvious answer going, oh, it was this or it was that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, incredible movie. Basically, the, the the cinematography it looks inc- incredibly beautiful. It's it's quite mm. sl- uh, slow pace, quite dark. Um, it's quite funny. Mm. It's yeah, unbelievable. Actually, you'll probably know because you've seen Better Call Saul. Is that right? Hmm. So uh, the other have I got it written here? Yeah, the one of the other act- actors is Kerry Condon. Who plays Stacey, Ermont True in Better Call Oh, okay,
0: yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, 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 yeah.
1: She's Irish. Okay. Um, and there's another guy who's never don't have here. Annoyingly, in fact, do you know what? Is that good? I'm gonna look him up. Yeah. So she's like, uh, I'd say, like a supporting actor as well as this younger guy, who is also Irish, um, who is incredible, also. Just in the the fullness of my presentation, I need to say his name. Dominic Keoghan. K-E-O-G-H-A-N. I'm sorry. K-E-O. Oh no, his name's Barry (laughs) Keoghan. Barry McKeon. Wasn't he... um,
0: Isn't he... uh, He was the Joker in The Batman. Was he? Is Is that the person I'm thinking of? Maybe not. He's,
1: he's only like thirty years old.
0: Yeah, young. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, he is in the Batman. This. Yeah,
0: yeah. I haven't seen the Batman yet. I'm really. I mean, I haven't seen it. I'm, I haven't seen anything I would like to see and concentrate in over a year. But uh, yeah, I, I think he was in Eternals. I think as well. Or the Eternals, whatever it is.
1: Yeah. It's, yeah. And I've just seen Carlin Farrell was also in the Batman. So um, mm. yeah, ping, Penguin. There you go. He was the unseen Arkham prisoner or something. Yes. Okay. Whatever that means, I've not seen it either. Anyway, uh, Banshees of Inishirin. Mm. Extremely good. Okay. Uh, very one of those things where it's it's all in the detail, all in the presentation. Yeah. Uh, it's very, very detailed, very subtle, uh, but extremely, oh, just so full. Nice. Um, so I'm really, really itching to see these other kind of three movies. Um, it's also also worth knowing. I read that the director Martin McDonough is in a relationship with Phoebe Waller Bridge. Um, if that's if those crazy
0: kind of worlds taste maybe we're I mean, related. I love that's my mum's side of the family. So uh, he, he if he's McDonough and he's from the west, then c- I mean, could be some I'd put in a word. Wheels turn, cousins meet.
1: <laughs> cool. We'll we'll have them on next week. Yeah, that's it, we'll get it done. Um,
0: we'll get it done.
1: I think um also I think if you have family ties and like some knowledge of Ireland, mm. this might mean even more to you. Okay. Um in in the kind of I'm I'm as Irish as something that isn't Irish. So sure. um I, yeah, it's it's not as I appreciate it, but I don't have that connection. Sure, but You might sure. If you, you have Irish ties. So is it
0: kind of like a slice of life type thing?
1: In, in terms of what do you mean? As in like, you know, it's not like a,
0: it's not a murder film. It's not an action film. It's just kind of, you know, like daily life things are happening.
1: Yeah, so it's set in the, I want to say 1920s, 1930s. Oh, I okay. So it's
0: I... like, there's like a period to it.
1: Yeah, Uh, and there is, it is a very small island, Mm. uh, and the initial impression is that it's a bit Groundhog Day, you know, everything happens the same every day, everyone knows everyone, everyone's related, everyone Mm. knows everyone's business, it's like a very small community where nothing happens, Mm -hmm. uh, where that's just, it's just life. And there's a beauty to that, and then, but you also feel in some of the characters, a uh, like a frustration and a longing for more, sure, um, or that kind of grass is greener mm-hmm. philosophy. Um, but yeah, so I that that that's relatable. I'm from a village, you mm. know, a small place but, um I can kind of feel some of that, and I do. I yeah, I really like that, and I get this. I I feel like well, you you live in Iceland, similar kind of small communities, Mm. very living very much in nature. Mm. And this is obviously before you can stick on Netflix and find something to do. Mm -hmm. So it's uh yeah. But it's yeah, just a very, very great characters, great premise. Keeps leaves you hanging, is unexpected, good humor, gets pretty dark. Okay. Uh and kind of leaves you doesn't resolve everything. So you're kind of not I wouldn't say I left unsatisfied. I wouldn't say but I also wasn't kind of what's the word? Relieved. Not everything was tied up. <laughs> so I still yeah, uh, there's some questions. Sure. Um it might not be the it might not be the kind of film for everyone, I'd say. Huh. Um some might find it a little pointless. But okay. um I find it I found it quite uh Yeah. Thought provoking, that's sure. the phrase.
0: I think this I think that sounds wonderful, Matt. I um I'm jealous and um you know, keen I pine for experiences like that where, you know, you watch something I mean, you've brought it up before me, so I can officially say like you know, like after June mm-hmm. and just, you know, my poor wife just gushing endlessly about meanings of things and did you notice this and blah 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 blah, and what's the meaning behind that and this bit and blah 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 blah, blah, and i love stuff I like i say i just love being wrapped up in something and just like it's come to me and it's just connected and and Mm -hmm. and i'm and i'm engaged and i want to know more and i'll read about it and i want to and i'm i'm affected you know, and, 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 and and sometimes that's like a subtle thing. Sometimes it's a feeling within that book, film, whatever. But I I just love, love that magic. I think that, that something that captures your imagination and kind of makes you think and, you know, and it, and it, and it does, and it, and it, and it kind of absorbs, into the kind of aura of day to day life, and you think you know maybe it changes the way you think about something. Maybe it, maybe it affects a decision you might make. Maybe it just, maybe it influences like a creative element, you know, or or, or just a discussion or something. It's just, I think, yeah, I think, um, I think, irregardless, no one can take that experience away from you, Matt.
1: Thank, yeah, no, yeah? it's true, and and I know what you're saying. The, I think there's something I really like. I'm not, I'm not a big sci-fi guy, although mm. I've definitely uh, like warm to, or in some contexts it, it really can get me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's a, uh, a kind of going, well, that would never happened. You know? sure. I don't, that like a deep seated kind of uh, assumption that that isn't real. And mm-hmm. therefore it kind of can change my whole view of something. Mm-hmm. Um, but, this is kind of like old school almost folklore based mm-hmm. where you could uh Im- you could entertain the idea of something uh supernatural or maybe mm-hmm. something unreal but you also might not sure it's do you, do you know what i mean so it's it's very old school and it's um i mean it's set quite a long time ago mm-hmm. so but it is quite old school in its Ah, uh, what's the word like?
2: Uh,
1: psychology or presentation? You know, it's not. Okay. It's not giving you it. It's just up to your imagination. Okay. Um, uh, but that said, it's not. It's not really. The, the, I think the questions. It's not a, a sci-fi movie, Sure. but the questions it leaves unanswered. One might put to something more sure. supernatural or. Uh, sci-fi style but that's which more... is I guess what what people would do back in the day you know if they see yeah, something yeah, a yeah. shadow moving in the bushes could be a dog might mm. be an alien could be uh, something religious mm. could be you know, whatever it, you can put your own things to it but I kind of like it when it's open and not you're not going hey we're in space we're doing this there's an alien sure uh, ah alien sure. you know what I mean it's, sure. this is yeah
0: I think that's good that's more powerful uh, like I think it's, you know, I personally, I always, uh, and, and something I'm very particularly encapsulated with, uh, or anything where like, it's like same, same, but different. Like I really enjoy mm-hmm. the kind of idea that like, if you change any one small principle of our daily life, how alien it could become pretty quickly. And, you know, one small change in, 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 anything you know like becomes um you know like again like same kind of like you know kind of the multi-dimensional aspect of things you know it's like oh well in this world left is right and right is left that kind of stuff do you know what I mean like mm-hmm. but I actually think stories like that often a little more powerful because they're so much more relatable and mm. and you know you know obviously the old adage of kind of everything's great until you see the monster type thing as well you know like it's it's great to have and again, often those things are just kind of devices or like plot kind of, uh, kind of like plot uh, catalysts. Mm. It's often like a zombie film is often not really about the zombies. It's about the people, that kind of stuff. And, and yes. and, yeah. and, and you know, and, and again, like I think the same forces are at play are just kind of trying to find elaborate ways to to make them work. You know, again, like things are believable because the characters believe them. If mm-hmm. that makes sense. And that they give them the weight, you know, if they're, yeah. if they're scared of them, it comes across. Do you know what I mean? Like that, yeah, that's yeah. the, that's the way those work. I, I, I'm reading a, uh, well, I was, uh, and big spoilers, but um, I was reading a manga and the manga is just, it's got its story and it's moving along at the pace that it's moving along at, and it's developing through the story and it's just ticking over, ticking over. And then something happens where someone arrives and all the characters have their own, you know, as, as in any book, as in any story, as in any, anything, they all have their own like things. One of them's tough. One of them's this, one of them's stupid, one of them's whatever, you know, like they all have their own personalities or whatever. And, it's just stuck with me for so long. This element happens and all the characters just shit themselves. (laughs) And it's never been mentioned once in the book. It's never, it's just like, oh my God, he's coming. And it is so devastating in a split second because suddenly characters who were so strong are like, you know, so like arrogant and whatever, are crying because they know it's going to happen. And like that echo is just like cavernous. Like when mm-hmm. I'm reading it and just being like, whoa. And from that point onwards, the rest of the book, the, one of the biggest, most obnoxious characters is terrified of the dark
1: like that's it's really powerful
2: and it's and you, just so
0: like just like boom like it just changes the and i'm talking like this it, it's an anime that's on now as well let's mm. say that they're probably not going to get to this for about three seasons so that's a lot of book to then suddenly introduce this thing that's not mentioned before and it just decimates But I should, it's all, you know?
1: also it's a lot of time to get used to the characters as they yeah. normally are so yeah. Yeah, therefore it makes the change even more striking yeah yeah um but i like what i like about that kind of unveiling is your um i think this film does it a little bit in that you get a little bit of information a little bit more from someone else mm. uh, but it, it's kind of it built you build a picture through what the characters know mm-hmm. um which it's not like you know everything. Yeah. And the characters are just finding out. Sure, sure. So sure. you you're almost on the journey with the characters, which makes it more uh you're more invested and maybe you kind of it's more believable mm-hmm. in a way. Um their experience. You don't you're not cuz it's not like all right, yeah, wait till they find out. Oh, they found out. Oh my god. Well, yeah. yeah. You know, you know mm-hmm. already. It's yeah. more of a, a more of an unveiling. And I've kind of I'm using uh, these un- un- words unveiling and sci- talking about aliens and sci-fi—that's mm. not what this is necessarily. Sure. sure. Uh, but I think if you're going to watch this movie, uh, go in with an open mind and mm. uh, yeah, just nice. Just go for the ride. But yeah, I think you especially, and probably some of you listening and watching may have seen it, may want to see it. It's it's extremely good. Banshees yeah. of Inisherin. I'll okay. put a link below.
0: Yeah, I've not. I literally have not heard anything about it so yeah that's great i'll um i'll, uh, I'll
1: wait till it comes out on netflix <laughs> <laughs> it might be in cinemas uh yeah. i think it probably is in cinemas still so okay I could probably catch it nice where you are um nice one what are my, you excited about oh, i was
0: gonna say mine is actually not too dissimilar um okay. similar kind of uh premise um the last i mean this something that's one of those things where, you know, we're like someone's like, ah, oh, you'd love this. And then you're like, yeah, I know I've seen, <laughs> I've seen a few of them already. I, I know I would, I just haven't, you know, like I've just not. And, um, uh, the way my life is at the moment, I kind of end up finding myself with like a, a, a spare hour, like, but not in a, as in, you know, I did get time to myself, but like, as in like a kind of limbo hour, well I'm kind mm. of like cool, I'm kind of between things, you know, and I'm like, oh, okay, I don't know what to do um and so I finally thought, and I think it was actually Sophia who kind of started it, but um again, obviously, you know we had a kid, blah blah blah, and it's kind of like, oh, I haven't seen finding Nemo, you know, whatever,
2: yeah, um,
0: right. and uh so we started just because i saw them there i know they've been there for ages this is kind of usually where god decides to remove said thing from me um the powers of any series i get into that series has been on netflix or whatever for ages and then obviously it's been on there for 10 years and they're like yeah no and then like i go to go to the next episode and it's gone and i'm like now i've got that's
1: why that's why everyone should still buy dvd box sets sure (laughs) Just so you've always got it, you know, right. whatever happens.
0: Yeah, I've been there. I've been burnt of numerous times, but um, yeah, and obviously considering my interests, this is a given. We've been slowly working our way through the Studio Ghibli films. Um, not, I've watched. I mean, everyone's watched *Spirited Away*. I've that's kind of the, that.
1: <sighs> so I've heard of this Studio Giblets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Uh But not seen any of them. Okay. I don't know anything about it. Okay, so, well, I mean, en- en- enlighten me. They're they're
0: well, the studio is a studio, and they make films, and all the films are kind of same, same but different to some degree. Like mm-hmm. same universe. Um, having watched quite a few of them now, it's quite nice to see. There's like little echoes of things between some of the um films um like i say uh, to that point i'd seen spirited away and then one day we saw they were on netflix and we're like oh let's watch one we watched i think how's moving castle um and and then again we promptly forgot for probably about a year and then yeah just recently uh i um animated out. I've watched everything I want to watch and I'm up to date with everything I want to watch. So I was just like, oh, I'm looking for something. And then Sophia was like, oh, we could watch like Spirited Away or something. And so we just have started working our way, pick pick a random one, don't know what it's about, click on it, watch a little bit, you know, while we're dealing with my son and then, you know, go to work or whatever and then the next day watch a little bit more. Um, mm-hmm. and um, And yeah, so we've watched... Uh, Totoro. We've watched The Wind Rises. We watched yeah, House Moving Castle. We watched um, uh, what else did we watch? We watched Spirited Away. there's another one we've watched. House Moving Castle and oh, uh, Princess Mononoke. Okay. They're all kind of, and they're all really different. They are all really different. But there are little echoes between the films. Some of them are kind of, you know, slightly more. They're fairly grounded.
1: Mm-hmm. Is it is it like a uh, actors in a real oh, world?
0: No, no, it's it's a, it's an animation. Right, cool. Yeah, so animation um, to the highest degree. I, I think everyone okay. would would argue all hand drawn stunning
1: oh wow i think so my friend works as a um a computer games artist okay. and i think he's mentioned them obviously yeah. being an artist yeah um, yeah just stunning like uh, um like i say they're kind of
0: yeah like kind of at the top of that tree really of kind mm. of and, and and you know like a few films have come out after that like um like there's some amazing anime films like um your name and weathering with you and Bubble and a few others like that are like incredible, like absolutely, you know, your life's work. Incredible. It's stunning as well. Like considering they're drawn, you know, like absolutely stunning. And obviously like voice actors and, or, or, you know, or the, the, the full gamut, let's call it, mm. um, all very different, all really, really different, um, in their stories. Some of them are like more fantasial. Uh, there's always kind of like, um, kind of like what you were saying. And it's, why I was like, Oh, they're kind of a similarity like mm. there's unusualness but it's also like and and kind of a supernatural element mm. but hidden within a kind of believable vessel in that okay. like again when you think of kind of you know the japanese countryside for example a lot of the films seem to be kind of housed in a vessel you could very much relate to if certainly if you were a japanese child And maybe either you live way out, you know, in the countryside or you have a country house or whatever and you go there and it's like Mm. everything's different and alien and dilapidated and hard. You have to really, you know, farm for everything. You have to really work for everything. And like, it's kind of a freedom there. Like, you know, kids just seemingly, you know, walk through fields at night by themselves Nice. and and like pick their dad up from the bus station or whatever do you know what I mean like and the bus station is a bus stop in the middle of a forest do you know what I mean that kind of stuff but it's also like the um, something I think and it's kind of my post to die on but it, I think it's what makes films personally and it's the first thing I feel to go when the kind of budgeting of a film uh, begins <laughs> whether that's time or money is sure. that like the establishment of like the rules of the universe that you're in but also their effects and also like just the atmosphere of where your characters are operating mm-hmm. i just think is so important to the process certainly if you're looking to it's create kind of,
1: context basically a
0: hundred percent like what's the Vis- air visually like?
1: and visually and kind of time wise and yeah all that kind of stuff like
0: how does time pass what does it smell like how does it feel to be where they are like and certainly again i've spoken i've watched spiritual way a million times but rewatching it actually i was just like man there is just so much magic hidden hidden in the crevices and so many establishing moments where you get a feel of what this universe is and how it feels to be in it, and and the and the sound of everything, and 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 so many of them, are, um, like Princess Mononoke, is slightly um, kind of like more feels like certainly very much more historical, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are fairly based in eighties, nineties japan more or less mm-hmm. um and yeah just 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 the smallest like the things that were included for less than a few frames that i really really appreciated and sitting there and watching it and i was just like i knew like certainly again like i say we were watching spirit away and i was like, i know the story and i knew it was going to come but every time a new bit came i was just like oh yeah, like that, like, like who, who painted that thing, you know, who drew that bit in or whatever. Um, and yeah, just, just, just so magical and just so like, imagine, so inspiring. So like, um, I don't know, like, so, so imaginative and, and, but just also like really grounded and believable and, and, and kind of, like I say, housed in, like there's a reason that superstitions kind of appear in small villages and places with small Mm -hmm. villages like because Mm -hmm. they're kind of woven in like everyone can sort of relate to that experience and you that's how they feel like even the supernatural elements again there's a lot of kind of even culturally like the idea that there's a, a spirit for everything or there's a guardian for everything the spirit of the lake the whatever you know like obviously that is very much and giving thanks to the the forest and that, that, like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that is obviously very much within the Japanese culture. But so that's kind of more personified a little bit. Um, But the way that it's approached is just so natural feeling as if, as if you, these were stories that when you were a kid, you believed and that's like, you know, none, none of us doubt father Christmas as a concept. Do you know what I mean? Like it's so ingrained within Uh us. It's kind of like a similar thing. It feels more like an old story that someone's telling.
1: I mean, I've had, I'd say uh, more recently, I've had some doubts.
2: Mm.
1: um, Oh, really? When I was a kid. You know what?
2: (laughs) He won't won't
1: come, Matt. I know. This is a warning.
2: My
0: my lump of coal. He told me you felt this way. Uh, This is a warning. This is a warning, Matt. You know, you don't even have a fire to put the coal in. So he can't even help you that way. So you just, you just think about it before you start spouting. I'll be, I'll
1: be, I'll be good. good. (laughs) Well, I'm going to check. Really, really quickly. (laughs) I'm going to check. But
0: yeah, so yeah, I, um, I mean, not that anyone needs, you know, I'm sure everyone's been recommended them at some point in their lives, but they're all just there on Netflix and You can watch like most of them. So I think there's a good like 10 more we need to get through. Um, uh, And we watched some of The Wind Rises uh, today, which again is a very different kind of one, but really powerful. Really, um, yeah, I think apparently it was the last most recent film, but yeah, really, um, really uh, like there's like a bit in it that really sat with me today. And that's kind of where where I'm at today. I was like, oh, that cut me. That cut me a little bit deep. I didn't see that coming, so I'm kind of, nice. I feel I felt a little bit wounded today, having having watched the last bit. While I was eating my breakfast, but yeah, it's uh yeah, just not that anyone else needs recommending. But if you know, if you're still transitioning in from you know um, human to Weeb, it's a great <laughs> it's a great starting point. Um,
1: nice. Uh, I've, got, I've got. I want to. I want to pick up a little point that you mentioned, mm. um, which. I think we were talking about uh, on another podcast recently mm. um, about if, if you're making something, mm. right, and you, you want it to be the best thing it can be mm. for yourself to kind of fulfill your vision. What you were talking about there about um, bits of detail mm. that really satisfy you. Mm. Many people might ask why that bit of detail the, why there was a point to it and I kind of think as the creator you should include all that stuff as to as much as you can uh, in your circumstance um, to fully realize your vision mm-hmm. even if like one person notices out of how oh. many people uh experience it it's worth it yeah it will because it for that one person, it turned something from being good to great. Yeah, like instantly, instantly. The, the devil is and, the details. Um, it is. It is. It really is. But it's. But it's also yeah. It's. It's so fulfilling to know that someone bothered. Yeah, because I think it's. It's. Yeah, it's because it's hard to bother, mm-hmm. and for all the for all of you lot bothering Uh, (laughs) just just so you know it's appreciated
0: yeah yeah i I mean you gotta fight hard for those details my my life has been basically fighting for details that no one cares about but me and in an effort that maybe it will appease the gods that made the bits that i appreciate of other people's work it's really you know how people say like girls don't dress for guys they dress for them for they dress for other girls. I feel like that's why I make details is that so that other people who make details <laughs> might see my details and yeah, yeah, yeah. and be satisfied by them and that they and again for a, a thousand tiny details are what make up to to being something great a thousand tiny or million even tiny little changes. I
2: mm-hmm. think
0: is, is what creates something that's good to like incredible you know that's yeah. you know like i say that watching anything like that is anything that i know has been cared about listening or reading or anything like that i think is is an is such an honor and a privilege and i love it like i say i love that feeling i love being hyped about something and, and just wanting to devour every detail and soak it up. And why is that there? And that, you know, and I love worshiping people who, who personify that and bring that to their work and, you know, and, and take it that little bit further. I think for me, that's why I exist, (laughs) you
1: know? Yeah. Yeah. I I can entirely relate. And the, the two things I think we've spoken about it, the, in my mind, you probably agree. Uh, you also want to watch it again yeah. to to experience that feeling or notice things you didn't before. Mm. Um, and in your thousand decisions thing, because mm. you can, you know, push for each one to be as complete as you can. But if you compromise a thousand times, you end up then you, dog shit. The, the, so the whole thing, <laughs> yeah, the whole thing wars down. Um and also, to draw a parallel on that, because I think this point is really important, to draw a parallel uh, to... Uh, I'll try not to do this too many times, but to houses, right? Yeah. So, I I have made many... been very passionate about very some very minor details, mm-hmm. which, if you don't notice them, mm. that is them fulfilling their purpose. Amen. So... However, to flip it over, if done badly, Mm. you will notice the fact that it hasn't been considered. Yes. See what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I I think that the the fact that you don't notice is the success, which Mm. it makes it kind of uh, uh, an upside down thing to comprehend and to evaluate in yourself. You just have to have a personal satisfaction. Yeah that that's it. But if, you know, if, well, I guess a, a little comments like, oh, this, it's so quiet or, sure. you know, those the, the feelings that people, that it makes people feel. Um, I think that, yeah, that's when you can kind of broadly evaluate your success. But yeah, don't, don't compromise on the details.
0: Yeah. That's what Message it's for. That, that's, that's, that's what it's for. Like you say, you were saying about the film how you they were you were finding out small bits from different characters like that's good storytelling like you you should it should be believable you should be able to like the the theory of good design is that you should be able to pick something up and use it without any instruction and i feel like it should be the same within a film within music it should feel as as though that's the right way or if it doesn't there's a reason for that there shouldn't be you know mm. any dissonance or anything like that on, on any front visual auditory anything like that for even physical sh- should be completely either on you know completely intentional that there should be reasons for those those things and, and like i yeah, said not I think,
1: just a, not a o- not an oversight
0: yeah and and i think that's the that's uh, like i say I, I think they are the first things to to go are detail and i, I just I just think it's that for me is the beauty in the world, you know. Is it, it's 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 the it's the trust. It's the reason you know the artists that I adore and 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 follow. I'll buy their record without even listening because I know that the time has gone in. You know, it's a contract. It's like you know, uh, it seems like Denis Villeneuve. Any film he touches is the right one. <laughs> you know, and you know the detail has gone into that. I trust him to you know to deliver. Um, you know uh, something magical every time that's going to make me feel a certain way you know the same reason your favorite auth- authors it, it, it is those for me it's the, it, the details over the over the content you know it, it, if anything that's I don't even need a great story I, I just need a great experience and and like again I like you were saying about you know the different kind of types of films I I'm so happy with like we're watching um Totoro and so much of that film is just humdrum I I love it I I just watching someone wash a floor in in kind of the countryside (laughs) in Japan you know like or just Mm. you know just sort of playing in a field Uh, um it just it just feels right. It feels so nice. It's such a pleasure to watch. It's so evocative. You can, you Mm. know, it's, it's, you can tell it's someone's memory coming through to you on the screen. You can, you can, you can smell their smells. You can, you know, like that's, it's just love, you know, within it. I I think that, that goes so far, you know, and and again, Uh,
2: yeah, creating that means you
0: can break it, means you can alter it. It means when you include an element, Like you you can, you know, uh, what's so good about that film is the element with the slipper, if anyone who's seen it. It changes the film so rapidly in a quick succession. It's such a wholesome, romantic, beautiful, watercolour kind of thing. And then there's the scene with the slipper and it's like everything comes, like the horror of it, it's such a great flip to, 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 and, and again, it's like it almost feels like you've set up this element, knowing that you could just jenga out of there, and it could just, and it, that's the effect, you know. Like, but the rest Definitely, of the film, yeah. you know, it, I, I, I hope that was the, in, I'm, I'm assuming that's the intentional part. It's just to give this, this feeling of, of, you know, like this lovely watercolor summer in japan you know the old traditional houses you know and the tatami mats and everything like this and you know nana's there and she's working all day and all this kind of stuff like that kind of feeling means that suddenly you can you know play with a very small element and have such a big change you know within within the the narrative of the film i think i don't know if yeah for me for me it's it's it's
1: it's everything i think you know. Nice. Yeah, I I'll tell you what's everything. Music is everything.
2: Hey! Oh, and my, my.
1: <laughs> that brings us onto our topic today. Yeah. And so we were kind of, we are chatting about, obviously we have to have some kind of pre-chat before mm. we decide what we're going to talk about. Um. And over the last, you know, few weeks, months, the year probably, just you kind of go, what? what is this podcast? Sure. <laughs> Do you know? Mm. The, bit, the big questions. And um, something that we were chatting about the other day was, uh, which Andrew brought to the table, this mm. word like inspiration. Mm. Uh, and it got, well, it, something really clicked for me in that uh, by asking each other, you know, what you're excited about. Mm. And the listening party and all the playlists and everything. I think, yeah, what we're all really looking for, you and I, Mm -hmm. um, and potentially if you're listening or watching, we're just looking for inspiration. Mm -hmm. We're looking to be inspired or moved or, you know, changed in some way for the better um, by music or media or, you know, whatever. Um, So, yeah, we thought we'd talk a little bit about things that inspire us. Yeah, it's kind of, you know, like prior
0: to this conversation, I suppose. Really, you know, it's kind of what we're getting at. It's what it, it's, it's that little spark. It's that it's that, you know, familiar or unfamiliar that kind of, you know, you're forever searching for, or you know, forever evading. It's kind of, you know, it, it, it's, you know, it, it, it is that the spark kind of within something, and and kind of something that. I thought it would be fun to talk about. It's kind of how, you know, how objects kind of relate to that. Like, you know, we we speak quite a lot about films and and books and music. So we we kind of, you know, we're like, oh, actually, we're a music podcast, but we we actually haven't spoken that much about, like directly about music. Um, So we were kind of going to, thought it would be fun to just look at kind of what instruments inspire us and kind of like, whether there's like a story behind it or whether it's like, you know, uh, uh, your experience with that uh, uh, particular instrument or object. And, you know, and that's kind of, it's a funny thing. My son now, he comes in here and obviously usually I'm in the middle of something. And like, it's funny watching him. He kind of watches what I'm doing and then, he comes in here, then after his nap or whatever, and he sits there and he does this on the strings and kind of <laughs> fl- flitters his fingers, trying to kind of like copy. And he's, he's like, "Oh, that's is that how you do it? Like, I think that's how you've done it." And it's funny that shift from like hearing something to like trying to do something, and mm-hmm. and obviously usually it's kind of a like a childhood thing or a kind of. An impression. Like I feel like for most people, the reason to start any kind of instrument or engage in that way is a kind of an image in their mind, or maybe or like a something they've seen or an experience that's kind of like really triggered that. Like I think we've all kind of tried and failed at like school lessons of instruments and kind of, oh, I did violin when I was two for like a month, you know, kind of thing. But there's that bit where you kind of return to something and I think maybe kind of uh, uh, in a somewhat interview like way I suppose really then you know what that is now and why so we kind of went away and we tried to think of something that uh, we could kind of speak to each other about that was kind of like what do you keep returning to what instrument what 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 is it that that gives you that inspiration every time that like really puts you back in somewhere you know puts you back in, in some way you can express or you can, and, and you know, and, and kind of still holds that
1: spark today. So I have mentioned on here before, but I guess in my life generally, in my career so far, I guess, it's come up less. Um, I guess that's been more about guitar playing. Um, but I wanted to talk about Piano. Okay. Because it's it's the one thing which I started super young and still do. Okay, uh, and it, it's funny. So I started playing when I was six. So a little kid mm. uh, at school or did all? Uh, no, just uh, I guess. At home we had my grandma's old piano okay. like this old upright nothing fancy uh very uh immediate mm-hmm. in its action you know off or on and um it quite loud and bright and some notes didn't work um but yeah it was a piano it was mm-hmm. nice and uh so we had that in the home in the family home and yeah i got lessons from when i was a kid very mm-hmm. lucky and yeah, really, I really enjoyed it. Um, but did I, so it's classical training really that mm-hmm. I was doing. So going through the grades. There's, I guess there's, there was a, an achievement focus on it rather than just see what happens, do it for fun. Sure. Um, which I think, you know, it's natural when you get to your teens that you'll, Not gel with as much, I guess, Mm -hmm. like classical music's rubbish or, you know, Mm -hmm. or, um, I'm you know, especially I think, uh, you know, in the UK school system, which is what we both went through, there's a, there's a focus on exams and you just, I think as a kid or a teenager, you can get a bit fatigued with that. Everyone's asking you to do stuff that you want to do the opposite. Mm -hmm. You want to do something else, your inspiration and your kind of, your interest is elsewhere. So, but I I was doing, I went through, went through these grades, got to like, did my grade six, then found guitar and bands or whatever, failed my grade seven due to lack of interest. And my teacher was like, I'll just put you on straight to grade eight. You're good enough. You just need to work hard. And Mm. then I failed that as well. So, uh, actually now I'm a bit older and wiser. I'd really like to redo my grade eight and just to go, you know, tick, tick the box so, uh, also, if you can hear background hard rain, it's raining hard, <laughs> okay um yeah, so but it's it's one of those instruments that I find it very natural. I find playing piano very natural, maybe because I've done it for so long um, but yeah when it when it kind of had gone, it was kind of fading away I was learning how to play guitar, um, but self-taught, mm-hmm. uh, just kind of influenced by my favourite bands or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to sit at a piano, I'd kind of approach that in the same way and just go, oh, this sounds cool. Mm-hmm. And I-, I much preferred just playing whatever rather than sitting down, reading music, learning a piece or whatever and uh, trying to repeat and repeat. I just, yeah, want to be more creative with it. So I'd often go to my lessons and go, hey, okay, you know, that's cool about your Chopin, but <laughs> listen to this. <laughs> and, uh, and and yeah, I think a piano teacher, from memory anyway, a human being, I think, quite a lot with a bit of, you know, an encouraged, you know, my discovery or self-discovery in so what What kind of age um, was this then? It must have been... 13, uh, thirteen, fourteen kind of thing. Okay. And until that um, point, did your family play? Uh so my grandma, she was why we had a piano. She used to play. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know why she gave a piano away though. Silly idea. Mm. But we got um we got her a keyboard actually, uh, a lot later, like maybe ten years ago. You're just one of those little uh I don't know, short scale plastic key kind of sure. jobs, but she'd, she'd sit and play and she'd nice. sing. And very, um, I've got, so I I mentioned she died last mm-hmm. year. We I, I was the one that all her old piano music came to. Oh, so nice. uh, I've got quite a lot of, like a big box to look through and some amazing kind of like standards and mm-hmm. hymns and stuff like this. Um, Quite traditional stuff. Uh, she was quite, yeah, but she you know she goes to church and sing in church and stuff. And um but yeah, she's she's really good actually. Like really good. I always remember in fact I hadn't remembered, but now I am remembering. Um yeah, like I'd always remember her playing it when she came came over to our house and stuff. Uh but yeah, so me and my two sisters, all three of us played. Mm. Um, but I was the only one that kind of kept at it, really. Sure. Um and then when I moved away from home i didn't have a piano for a couple of years for obvious reasons and then i decided to save up and get one uh so i got a this roland it's an ep 880 okay uh if you if you want a piano that's now discontinued Mm -hmm. you might be able to pick one up second hand but amazing uh Easy, easier to play than a real piano. Like okay. a lot, the action's are a, lot, a lot softer, but really powerful speakers. It weighed about three tons, okay, uh, but sounded amazing and full 88, 88 notes. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think I've, I've tried a load uh, in sound control in Salford, which was uh, classic. You know, mm. the big icon. The um, but I tried loads of different ones, and I think I've always had this. This classical background thing, which that's it's gotta you gotta have a, a nice amount of feel in the in the notes, you know, a mm. decent action that's graded, it kind of translates some uh, you can translate some emotion and some dynamic rather mm. than off on. You sure. know, it's quite yeah, yeah, jarring. Yeah, yeah. Um so yeah, I had this piano and so which was really, really cool. I had it for years and years and years. Um, so I could play in, you know, wherever I lived. Um, so, yeah, I always kept kept playing. Maybe not as much as I should have done or would have liked to, but I think, my, again, my head was in Guitar Land mm. uh, and playing in bands or whatever, and that's just kind of what I did. And then, but every time I come back to it, it never never went away. Mm. The, 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 obviously, you get rusty and you're, you know, you, takes a couple of weeks to warm into it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: But what I found is your, well, my, uh, I, however long I sat down, whether it be, you know, five minutes or two hours or whatever, just, I'd always come up with something that felt new mm-hmm. and it always felt very natural. I didn't feel like I had to play one thing. If I tried to play a thing, I'd always play the same thing mm-hmm. because that's, I, my back catalogue of songs is extremely Small. I, I'd be like the worst session guy or covers guy, or sure. I can sure, never sure. do one of those kind of you know cruise ship gigs or anything like mm. that because I just, I it'd take me about the rest of my life to learn that kind of catalog because mm. I just don't know anything. Um, so yeah, it's all kind of like with guitar. Although my background in piano was kind of the grades and uh, learning theory and reading music, I just stop doing any of that and just did it all by what I thought sounded cool Mm -hmm. and which you realise the longer you go on that that's obviously there's a massive rooting in theory Mm -hmm. uh, behind your original ideas (laughs) Uh, you're not like it's like trying to say you know I run so fast I evade gravity or Mm -hmm. you know yeah theory's always watching you it's always behind (laughs) you it's always hidden in the bush somewhere Uh, Exactly. Um, so yeah, it's yeah, it's just been a, it's been an incredible thing, an incredible skill, and it's. I wouldn't say it's like a party trick, but I because I, I don't really talk about it too much. Like whenever I do play, people are like, Whoa, I didn't realise you could play piano!" Or sure you're, sure, sure. you're really good, you're really good at that." Or like, you know, okay, cool, thanks." So do you, um, do you kind of root
0: back as in, for example, like, like now are you finding that, you know, a kind of new desire, reverence for some of the stuff you were learning when you first started? Is it kind of like that, you know, is that kind of speaking to you more now? Like again, like Chopin or whatever, like, you know, is that something that you you're kind of, you know, even when you're writing, is that like, I think what I'm trying to get is like a you know when you sit down what is it that you're seeing what are you playing what 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 you know is it that you're kind of you know finding uh that that kind of older classicalism and or you know the kind of piano pieces you're learning speak to you more now or that kind of you want to kind of do your own thing yeah
1: um, i think it's a bit of both the um To jump ahead, I guess, a little, now I have okay. I'm trying to I'm trying to put this succinctly. Mm. So yeah, the 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 old classical stuff definitely speaks to me more. And I I I kind of now it's getting to winter, I'm kind of really yearning to sit and and actually learn some stuff um in the classical kind of vein. Mm. Um equally I'd like to start kind of doing some, just learning by ear, some Bon Iver, some kind nice. of Go Go Penguin, Mammal Handsy kind of stuff, mm-hmm. uh, just to see see what they do. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, I've never broken that kind of music down, mm-hmm. uh, so I don't know how it sounds. Kind of similar to, well, I like it. You know, mm-hmm. it sounds similar to and palatable. So, I feel like yeah, okay. If I learn some of that, maybe I can try I always worry that I'll just end up going cool I learned three songs and now I'm going to replicate them in my own way sure. um, but no I think just have them in the arsenal and just to learn from really but yeah I'd like to I've got like I say tons of books to go through mm-hmm. um, of the old kind of the heavier classical stuff mm-hmm. uh, and so ro- some romantic kind of uh, pieces and just a whole load of stuff um, which I'd like to learn um, but before I tell you the next bit I'm going to I've I brought some props okay because although in my so when I kind of found guitar and, uh hmm. I guess had a taste for contemporary music uh, there was some it's really thinking back now there's some bands and some music that really really caught me and I didn't I haven't really realized until fairly recently how important that was and why mm-hmm. um and I really enjoy the class a classical element in in a lot of contemporary mm-hmm. uh guitar music um you know love strings and love piano obviously mm-hmm. um but yeah a lot of classical instruments the but when I was first kind of you know, shown some more contemporary stuff. Obviously, uh bit of <laughs> Guns N' Roses, Use Illusion 1 and 2. Right,
0: so that, piano. It, I was going to say, for the audio listeners, so that's a piano book?
1: This or is, is uh, Guns N' Roses, selections from Use uh, Illusion 1 and 2 for piano. Includes November Rain, Don't Cry, and Yesterday's. Oh. And actually, we laugh. We laugh because... Uh, Actually, I just feel like it's my, it's my sister's. <laughs> it wasn't mine. I've just acquired Stolen. it. Stolen. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's got a name in it and our phone number. Right. Well, um, yeah. Although I kind of, I knowingly laugh about Guns N' Roses because it's, it's a funny part of my mm. influence. Uh, Axel Rose is a great piano player. And uh, after okay. Appetite in the live band, to the horror of Slash and many of their fans they got um a touring piano player in called mm-hmm. Dizzy Reed he's still with them now fantastic piano player okay. but um yeah i there's a in their live at japan 93 94 they axel covers on piano and vocals a song called it's all right mm-hmm. um, and i think it's a black sabbath song originally um but it's was, it was one of the most i kind of i heard that and i was like that's like, what a re- it's just such a nice sound. Mm-hmm. And applying it kind of to, I mean, Guns N' Roses are a badass rock and roll band, you know, mm-hmm. in inverted commas for audio listeners. Um, they, uh, so hearing a softer, kind of more classical influence side was really cool. And uh, obviously, November Rains, a massive, iconic sure. song. Anyway, enough about that. Um, this is uh, the themes of 007. Okay. James Bond's greatest hits. And actually, I just wanted this book so I could play the main theme.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. As in, so, so obviously, I know the first one was your sister's. So did you get you get that as a teenager? Or did she uh, have yeah, it? Was so. she into? I'm assuming she was into Guns N' Roses.
1: Yeah. Did,
2: did she, she get you into Guns N' Roses? For, for, for a bit. Oh, no. Younger? She's younger than me. Oh, okay.
1: Uh I'm the oldest, so was, I must have been the tastemaker. It was all me. Okay. So I'm the oldest. No, I'm joking. Uh, so it's really into kind of uh, the psychology of sibling groups. And so okay. uh, she's a middle child, and I'm the eldest. And you right, know, we traditionally butt heads, but mm. we're a couple, so it's endless fun. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, no, I think the James Bond thing. I just really liked the the theme tune and thought it'd be nice to play. On piano, which i forgot forgotten I had actually. So, yeah, maybe I'll pick that up. But what, what? And then there's classic
0: ones in there. Is it like Goldfinger and.
1: and oh, yeah. All, you only yeah. live twice if to, or whatever it if is? You took a kill, live and let die. You only live twice on a majesty's secret service, diamonds are forever, thunderball. The list goes on. Classics. Do you know how Christmas trees are grown? That's one I don't know. I don't uh, know. That's
2: cool.
1: <laughs> one of the least popular Bond films. <laughs> yeah, Bond films. But, so. This is the most important book, though. Play Piano with Muse. Nice. Uh, Including CD.
2: Okay. Authentic
1: piano transcriptions for eight, great songs. So, I mean, if you're on video, this is OG Matt Bellamy.
2: Mm. I
1: mean, and so uh, the Newborn video, Newborn being the opening track from Origin of Symmetry, Mm -hmm. 2001, I believe, um, he had red, spiky hair mm. it's the gnarliest riff, but the intro is piano, mm-hmm. and I was like it it's the it's the coolest song. I don't know if it was the first single. It was the first track I heard from Origin and Symmetry, I think I felt like it was, and a plug in baby was a single, and maybe the most popular at the time um and a really cool video in this kind of random shop or something
2: mm. a, yeah like a kind of It was strange. falling down yeah
1: yeah um, contrast but yeah In here there is oh 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 here we go I've got the lyrics printed out for that uh, It's Alright song by mm. Black Sabbath Guns and Roses and also a song by Foo Fighters called Home mm. Um which is a really nice song as well on the end of Echo's uh, Silence Patience and Grace I think Anyway, so Matt Bellamy, by the way, for Muse. Anyone who likes Muse knows this. Anyone who kind of likes Muse but not much, maybe you don't know that Matt Bellamy is an incredible, like actually an incredible piano player. Mm. Enviable. Uh, There was a song called Piano Thing, which was a B-side, which was just him messing around. And honestly, that guy, like I think... It feels to me, if I could play in this kind of new phase of piano, if I could play as well as he did, does, mm. I'd be very happy. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really underrated and, or maybe it's not underrated. Maybe it's just unknown to, you know, if you don't know. It's not at the forefront of their
0: There's a lot of neoclassicism within their music, even tonally. Uh, um, Definitely. Uh, too, sometimes too much uh, to my taste, but I think like definitely, and kind of like hand in hand with the queen thing, like it, it, it kind of can, can really scream that, that particular kind of modalism and, and kind of some of those, um, approaches and even his guitar playing. Like, I think you can really hear, you know, certainly a lot of kind of, uh, again, like kind of very, uh, very modal, lots of arpeggios kind of, uh, 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 and it's kind of, the song is kind of addressed as well. You can mm-hmm. kind of, you can really hear that. And, and that's definitely very prevalent within their music as well. So it, it kind of, it would make a lot of sense to me if he started on piano and then went to guitar, that kind of like you can, that leap and, and that upbringing would make a lot of sense,
1: you know? Definitely, definitely. But it, it, honestly, um, phenomenal and i know a lot of so i also when i was i think around eight or nine i had a couple of uh lessons on organ okay um so from a a guy who played organ in the local church or whatever um which was mental i only had i only had a few Mm. um but again the muse thing matt bellamy i think when they've done gigs in churches or whatever, mm. Whatever he's played organ, there's a lot of organ on, on some of the, especially the early records. Mm. Uh, was it Dark Shines I'm thinking of? Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, I think for me, Muse came along and it was like, it's serious music, you know, it's not cheesy, it's mm. not a gimmick, it's, it's serious, like broody, dark, uh contemporary music mm. that features a piano and mm-hmm. it's dramatic, it's like <laughs> bombastic, you know, it's <laughs> like it, yeah, full of drama, but showmanship as well. And I think there's something in that, obviously, that I, from my kind of classic rock mm-hmm. uh, background, I guess, I really, yeah, I just thought that's the coolest thing ever. And it makes everything else look a bit, a bit cheesy. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so M- Muse was so. Yeah, so important for me in kind of making or keeping piano relevant. I think sure. Um, so yeah, and obviously, if you if you're into it, there's the song "Butterflies and Hurricanes," mm. um, which is got the amazing classical midsection, massive arpeggios, huge orchestration. It's it's stunning. And then "Apocalypse Please" is a great tune. Um, And Sunburn, actually, off their first record, Mm -hmm. uh, the opening. So, yeah, I was definitely, uh, like Coldplay as well, you know, they were around playing pianos in a a big way. I think, for me, uh, Sunburn kind of reminded me... Where is it Sunburn? Uh, Yes, I'm going to say yes. Um, The kind of twinkly piano... uh, like even the beginning of uh Newborn.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I like it. It's similar to what's the uh, clocks yes. by Coldplay? Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's more like blah blip, blah blip, blah blip, blah 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 mm-hmm. blah 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 you know, very uh, staccato and twinkly. Mm-hmm. Um I can't remember how oh clocks is da 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 you know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. it's almost like an exercise, mm-hmm. you know. It, it's yeah, it's, very much so.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. It's um rather than an expressive song. It's like a little hook. And I like those things, Mm -hmm. but the thing, the stuff that really, really connected with me was the, the rear, the the flow and the drama, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, Yeah. So super important. Um, Yeah. So that kind of brings me to now where uh, a little story. I was, dreaming Mm -hmm. we've finished this house and so we have a house Mm -hmm. which is amazing um and i was like so wouldn't it be great if we got a piano (laughs) just i can imagine it now we're lucky enough to have you know we could fit one in Mm -hmm. um but wouldn't it be so good she plays as well and so obviously Set up your notifications on all the, uh, on <laughs> sure. the, all the apps, you know. And uh, but I was actually on. I, lo- I was looking on eBay, and you look at um, what are they called? What's the really big
0: Steinway German
1: Steinway? Yeah, and you're looking at those, going. I would love to have one, mm-hmm. but not now. One day, dream piano. Um, but I found this piano on. The site like gumtree,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and uh it was about forty minutes away, okay, so, so I messaged the guy, and I was like, "Can I come and see it?" And yep, so I went the next day in the evening, had a Finkle, and he was clearing out this big house with you know stone statues of women and uh, oh sure, okay. You know, twelve-person dining tables, or, mm. you know, all this kind of stuff, and uh, there's a, a baby grand piano in the corner. Nice. And uh, so I had to play, and I was like, "It's not the not the best, not the sure, you know, not your Steinway, mm-hmm. but it was in a really good condition for for its age." Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, I ended up <laughs> saying. Yeah, I'll take it. And uh, this is a few months back. It was uh, the last thing I should have been thinking about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just, the, just, the, just the last. Anyway, I paid £250 for it. Right. Uh, for I mean, I think I'd struggle to buy the wood uh, for that. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, we now have a piano in the house. And I think this is when you said think of an object. Mm-hmm. Although this is an object that is my current... Uh, thing I think yeah it's piano as a thing has been consistent mm-hmm. um through through all these years and so to downstairs up here. upstairs here no it's downstairs oh, okay uh, yeah in the lounge and uh yeah so it's it's I I just find it mind-blowing and obviously we're very lucky to have space for it mm-hmm. um I if we move I'm um, you know I don't know what we'll do mm-hmm. but um I was just amazed that you could get something so nice and so um, that is you could do so much with for so little. I mean, it's cheaper than you know any of my guitars. Yeah. I was going to say and, you could uh, barely
0: get a guitar for that 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 much money. And it, but I, it's yeah. a funny thing, isn't it? With pianos, it's just kind of so often the case that they're just like, oh, just need to get rid of it, you know. And and whoever it is, people don't really hold the worth. Particularly, as in, like they don't really know what it's worth, and people just want it it gone, or or just it, you know. I think with the tuning aspect and that kind of element, I think people are like, oh, it's not in tune, and it's this and that. Just get rid of it, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah
1: it's just a. Uh, and I think they used. To, I think potentially they used to be uh, more of a standard in people's homes. You know. Yeah. Um, you know, more people could play, or maybe you'd play some songs with the family or whatever in an evening, but um. Yeah, I think due to their physical weight and size, Mm -hmm. it's like, how can I get rid of it? Where can Mm -mm. I put it? Um, So yeah, um, it's really rekindled. It's just a love for playing.
2: Mm.
0: Well, it's a physicality,
2: right?
1: Yeah. You
0: know, it's like a physical thing. I think that's, must be, I mean, I'm a very, I would say, bordering intermediate piano player. I can see something and play it or make something and play it with both hands, but not as in just more of a wanna achieve this thing, so I'll do it. I've, i never really pursued it. I did some lessons when I was a kid, but again just classically like da 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 just not interested in <laughs> not interested in that miss. Um so but yeah like I, I think it must be I mean, certainly, if you learn on something that was so physical and so, um, again, so actual in that you know you're you're hitting hammers and those hammers are hitting strings, you know, kind of thing, like to then move, obviously, then to like a, a normal kind of weighted keyboard, um, mm. and then uh, then returning returning back to it, like there must be a there's a bit more of an individualism, I imagine, with a an actual upright you know, piano or, 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 you know, a a physical piano, um, Mm. even the vibration and the, and the, and the action and the way, and again, obviously, you know, there's a, like we spoke about kind of, uh, it being a wooden, you know, loved crafted instrument and, and something you want, you cherish and maybe a key feels a certain way, or maybe a, maybe there's a certain groove, you know, and, and it's something that you, you know your sweat and your, you mm-hmm. know, and the paint eroding and and the varnish or whatever. You know, like like with anything, like with any kind of, you know, relic. I suppose there, there there's a, a physical attachment through those
2: divots. Definitely, you definitely. know,
0: like so when you're at the piano, then is it like how do you perceive it? Are you kind of is it like a muscle memory where I've, for example, um, you know, I, I have friends who are very good, uh, piano players and I don't relate to it in the same way that they do. It seems as though there's kind of like a somewhat of a muscle memory, but almost like a kind of floating ability to be able to kind of like, it seems as though they can kind of, uh, uh, uh kind of like, like, travel through the notes if that makes sense like travel as in the pathways uh to to move where they need to are kind of already available to them it that's there's like a muscle memory of kind of literally how to traverse the key bed if that makes sense but then there's kind of a musical muscle memory attached to that in that then they're kind of like, i want this sound so therefore i will go here or i want to move to this like whereas to to me like you know I have to really clock. You know, I'm going to this key. I'm going to this point. So therefore, I can use these. Like my brain's still in guitar, because that's where I kind of really learnt that understanding. So I'm kind of still not. I, I still can't do it actively while I'm playing the piano. In that sense, so do you find it that it's like, you know, there's like a a freedom of expression? Do
1: you find it, or 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 like that? That's that's entirely the word. In mm. fact, yeah, I've literally written on my notes just to th- things I should mention. Mm. Feels so natural, mm. so free, mm. and now honestly, uh, like I, the way you, the, the way you teed up that question, really made me think. In that. Quite often what I do is I sit there and sit there and I'll put my hands literally anywhere and I'll just play the the first notes, Mm -hmm. generally two, I guess, one on the right, one on the left, that it feels like I should play. Mm -hmm. And then the rest just kind of happens. Mm -hmm. I don't really... And they can be really clangy and jarring, but then I can make something off that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, But yeah, I just, I feel like... I think I've probably played guitar uh, maybe not more Mm. but more consistently over the years but I don't feel that with guitar I feel like I feel like I've got closer to it but I've maybe I feel like I'm, I'm working within a pattern and then uh dipping my toe out of, you know, in and, out and slightly over the line of going, oh, what's over there? Ah, sure, cool. sure You know, oh well, that sounded a bit different, you know, jazzy or, oh, Eastern. Uh, but with piano, I'm just like, there's no rules. I don't, I don't think about anything. I don't have any preconceptions conceptions. I don't really, I know, oh, if I play the C major scale, it's right there. Mm-hmm. But I don't need to do that. Every note's just up for grabs. Uh and I kind of know I kind of know just where to go. You know, I don't need a map anymore. Maybe that's kind of a good analogy. Yeah. You yeah. Know, you just you just yeah. I I I don't feel like that with many other things. Maybe driving. I I feel quite comfortable with that. Uh But yeah, it's 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 my favorite feeling and actually like so when we got this thing it was probably only two, three months ago. Um, we <laughs> like, I'll be like, So if you're ready to go, it's like five minutes. I'm like, Cool, five minutes piano time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, and I just is kind of on the way out of the house. So you, you're like, You just any, like two minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, and maybe I'll spend an evening, a, a couple of hours. Just it's so nice and so meditative. Although I actually, <laughs> so the where it's positioned is uh in the front room, so there's pavements right outside. And uh well obviously at night when you've got the light on, sure. It's dark outside. Right. Uh and it's like terrace houses, so this mm. people kinda do this. You know, like <laughs> lo- sure. look in because it's really clear. Mm-hmm. Uh and but you're sitting there, literally like looking out the window mm. and you just kinda go and they <laughs> catch eyes with people who, <laughs> and it just kind of it must look like I'm just sitting there staring out the window kind of close <laughs> and it's quite jarring so um, yeah I've got some sticky stuff to put on the windows um, but yeah I just in the day anyway just kind of sit there and gaze out the window and just lose yourself mm-hmm. um, and obviously now on my phone I've got hundreds of 30 second clips mm-hmm. or five minutes noodles or whatever just of ideas so yeah i'm just kind of finding my feet or my fingers um, with it again the one thing i was going to add to um what you're saying about being a physical item and very woody is i really like electric pianos and getting that roland one uh, which i sold when i got together so of course she had her own um But having an electric piano, the feel is so consistent, it's so good. Mm -hmm. Um, They're very, you know, realistic. um, And the sounds are great. Mm -hmm. Love them. But what you forget, and it was the first thing that I sat down with this thing, is that electric piano, you sit there, play all day, Mm -hmm. depending on what's going on. Oh, it's a bit loud. I'll just turn it down. (laughs) Like, on a... How loud a real like a real mm-hmm. piano is. We have the lid closed now most of the time. It looks cool with the lid up, but mm-hmm. um, have it down just to take the edge off how mm-hmm. loud it is. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also makes you a better player because it's not it's not the best uh, by a long way. So I'm I'm really happy actually that it's it's. I described my grandma's one before with the kind of off and on keys. Mm-hmm. Um, that's quite hard to learn on mm-hmm. because it sounds very awkward. Yeah. Um, I'm really, this one is like somewhere in the middle and I feel really lucky to have found something for so little money mm-hmm. that allows a little bit of, I feel luxury yeah. in that you can be expressive and you can play with dynamic and not, um, yeah, it does it doesn't feel like there's a, any any traps, you know, you press one note and it's like, well ah. or yeah, you just you can you can play with a bit more care and it just it can make whatever you're playing sound more more refined or advanced or yeah, honed. So but yeah, they're very loud. Mm-hmm. Very
0: loud. So would you um, say I know you've not had much time with it, but is there a kind of particular piano that kind of has your heart? Is, is it one that you 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 know when you're thinking about, like I say, I was kind of saying in the sort of preamble, like you kind of have like an image you return to, or you have like a like a feeling you return to. Is there a particular piano that has a kind of has that for you yet,
1: or as in one I as in what I've had, one before? you've had
0: played, owned, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I mean. I went to um I've been to Tomen in Germany mm. quite a few times. Uh near Nuremberg, um, Bamberg. And they have a a kind of very expensive grand piano room mm. in the depths of the, the store and uh they probably had about ten pianos in the room. All like bigger. big boy money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um so I had a bit of a go on a few of those a few times, which is oh, I mean, I mean yeah, it, that kind of stuff changes your changes your game. I, I'd love one day in the future, like a a Steinway or something. Sure. And maybe it wouldn't be a Steinway. I know they're the most um, famous for name. Mm. It's like the industry standard. Um, but there's a, a load of other particularly oh, German so manufacturers yeah, yeah, who yeah, make yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, even like Yamaha
0: and 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 and, Kauai and all these kind of you know like and this, Kauai, yeah. yeah yeah there's there there uh, uh yeah there, there, there's I I remember again it was always a a thing that oh I'd like one just to have one and to be able to record real piano and and whatever I use a lot of piano in my work and use it in my you know in my um, when I'm writing and what have you like it's it's a nice I find it an, a nice break from guitar um, mm. you can get away with a lot more you can. The, the intervallic kind of relationships are different. You can have a lot more kind of sort of cluster chords and stuff without kind of really clashing or sounding like it's clashing so much. Um, and they're not the worst. Like you could get like a new piano for the money you'd spend on a custom shop. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, unless totally. you know, even a thousand pounds, you could you could maybe pick up a, a new piano. I don't know how good it would be, but you know, a new. I don't know the hierarchy so much, but I'm assuming money speaks.
1: Yeah, it does. And and then there's also, I guess, similar to guitars is that, um, you know, you mentioned you can get like a new custom shop, new piano, mm. or you can get the 56 Les Paul or, sure. you know, anywhere in between. So mm. there's lots of kind of 100 plus year old pianos right. you can get. Um, from some really revered makers in certain time periods and all this stuff. Okay. Um, and if they're if they're well cared for, looked after, you know, tuned regularly, and mm-hmm. even like reconditioned. Um, I mean, yeah, you can you can spend in the tens of thousands, right, um, to get something really amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's kind of like anything. How big is your budget? And that yeah, will get sure, you something. Sure, sure, uh, sure. For for my two hundred fifty quid, I'm. The, the guys who helped me move it, mm. actually, he has, he's got a piano shop. And uh, I said, how much, I could, how much would you sell this for? Mm. And he was like, gave it a little plonk. He's been doing this like proper old school guy. Mm. Um, and then, you know, looked at the cabinet and everything. I was like, a couple of grand. Not bad. I was like, yeah. Not bad. My Yorkshire my Yorkshire bargain <laughs> hunting bones were... <laughs> Extremely exactly. satisfied. But yeah, the just to tie my story up, I guess. Mm. Um the my grandma's original piano that we had in our house, which is long gone, mm. um was unsavable, apparently. Mm. But yeah, anyway, well yeah, long gone. My mum kept the stool and uh, it was it was ripped and she had it reupholstered nice. and then gave it to me. Ah I, I now have, and actually the, I got the piano with just this 20 quid kind of unoriginal yeah. stall. Sure. And so now I've got my grandma's piano stall that I uh, sat on all those years ago. That's nice.
0: And again, you know, like, you know, we spoke about uh, in the last podcast, kind of custodianism and stuff like that, you know, like piano should outlast you, you know, to some degree, mm-hmm. you look after it and, and water it and feed it, you know, and so, um, yeah, that's nice that it's kind of uh, kind of wrapped up in history in that uh sense you know as well and you know like i say you think of it as like oh maybe your kids will be like oh yeah that's you know they might even know it's your grandmother so much just say oh that's dad's or whatever you know like yeah it's kind of um you know like i say piano is such a nice immediate thing you don't have to necessarily like you know like with violin or guitar or any stringed or or trumpet or any brass like you have to kind of work to get the sound whereas a piano like as a kid even you can kind of pick it's it's kind of very visual it's very immediate like you were saying I think it's a lovely thing to have in a in a in a house and I think think having things available as well is like such a big thing you know um
1: so like I was gonna say sorry on on that the the it's I don't know what other instruments and maybe because I haven't thought of it but it's it's anyone can play a note bang on Mm -hmm. pitch perfect on a piano i think that's what makes it so accessible um it's hard on a guitar like you say it's hard on a violin it's hard on a trumpet Mm -hmm. um but yeah anybody um and for that i love i love it but it's also the 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 twin element the the blend of percussion and melody It's, it's so percussive, but you can also have two melody lines going at the same time. Uh, it's so, as a solo instrument, it's so full. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe things like harp kind of do a similar thing. Where You, you know, still, it's, I think it's quite hard. I think you, apparently
0: you have to practice to keep the calluses. Um,
1: yeah, but, apparently but you, I mean, you, in, ter- in terms of the twin melodies though, it sure. kind of, it's quite a, I mean, it's obviously a bit more niche, but... uh, It's kind of like a plucked piano in a weird way. True, and similar in shape. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look up the history of the harp.
0: (laughs) So as far as when, you know, the way you saw piano then and the way you see piano now, um, has that changed? Like your image of the piano?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I think it's like with all good things, and potentially the core of what we talk about here is it's a, it's a I don't know, it's quite a mature instrument, isn't it, really? Mm. Uh, I think like teenage angst and stuff comes out well on a guitar. Yeah. Um, you know, loud and distorted, you know, bash out some chords. But but you know, people get turn the distortion down as they get older, you know, and mellow out clean tones blues, you know, more washy effects. Um yeah, I think I'm so glad that I learned to play piano from an early age. I think it was a really like valuable experience and uh, although at the time I didn't value it or felt it was a bit of like more homework. Um, it's, it's, I also, on the other hand, I, I didn't, I wasn't pressured into kind of, uh, pursuing it as a job or joining a conservatoire or whatever that you do in proper classical world. Mm -hmm. Uh, that was never, I don't know, never came up. Mm -hmm. So it was just a kind of a hobby, uh, but a consistent hobby. So yeah, I'm really, yeah, really grateful for that. And, but it's definitely something like all complex and quite mature things. You learn to appreciate it more as you get older. Mm. Um, and yeah, for a while it, it didn't feel very cool or very useful. And uh so I kind of ignored it a little bit, but it's just sat there and you, it's taken me quite a lot of years to kind of realise how good a skill it is to have Mm -hmm. and how much, at the end of the day, yeah, how much I love it, really, Mm -hmm. uh, and how much it makes me feel good. And, yeah, so, like, trying to... Yeah, I guess my next mission is to try and use it more Mm -hmm. for, you know, I'd like to make some music that's piano led or uh piano derived or um yeah those kind of things because it 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 pulls together my interest in guitar or drums or everything it's like right in the middle Mm. It, it 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 feels like it's a bit of everything and therefore as a writing tool you could uh use it really really well to to realize a sound in your head and then you know, write, start with that and then split off mm-hmm. for your other parts. Um, so, yeah, my perception's definitely changed. I think it's, I think it is the coolest thing. Um, and yeah, endlessly, endlessly love it. Okay. And that, and that's the next
0: step. Do you wanna, you wanna, you wanna make a, a record? Like, a, would you ever make like a, uh, like a solo piano record or? Or anything like that or is okay. it still like a song thing that you kind of it seems like that's where you just, kind of gravitated to
1: yeah more more yeah more less less framing it in that sense uh and more just using it uh if it's a if a song ends up with piano in it cool if it doesn't also cool but I just like the idea of trying to in my mind writing some piano parts, you know, then kind of trying to arrange it maybe in, in a DAW, mm-hmm. playing some drums to, because you can imagine drum, when you're playing piano, you can imagine what the percussion might be doing um, and then like adding guitar to it. So rather than deriving a song from guitar with a, a riff or a part and just kind of using that as a complementary tool, I really like that idea. But equally, I've been thinking a lot recently about um playing with a drummer or something with me on piano um and trying to not make it sound like go go penguin or mammal hounds Uh, but yeah i know a couple of good drummers who i think might that could be a really fun experience so it's definitely again
0: i think with you know certainly with drummers as well it's very much a like an ability to be able to play in that context like i think a slightly more classical or maybe you could even say jazzy yeah. angle to, to, you know, it's definitely kind of a, even for just as a volume thing, um, you know, it's kind of, a, you know, brush or very light touch type element. Mm. And again, just your approach, I think, obviously, um, y- you both have to be quite free form and solid mm. at the same time, if that makes
1: sense. Definitely, and quite uh, dynamic. Mm. Mm-hmm. Um
0: even the drum kit yeah. itself like you know you could be it, it tonally as well you know needs to kind of fit uh, around that kind of music and 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 the kind of uh, even just literally, like the snare, the 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 kinds of toms you have, the kind of cymbals you have, just gonna like make mm-hmm. it, such a huge difference in. in just because it's like sometimes. a different sensibility. It's not. It's not a transient. It's actually a tone. It's actually a, uh, yeah.
1: you know, an audible. Yeah, you don't note. need your, your big rock kit. Yeah. for that kind of music. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Yeah, I hear you. Anyway, that's that's my, the object of my desire. Nice. Um, should I put it? So I think that's enough for me and. Andrew kind of going to ask the same question is it obviously we, we presented this as an object but can be kind of more conceptual you your kind of
0: uh, I've been numbing and ahhing for a while when I thought about this but I think I'm going simple and I think I think it's truer to what I don't know what I'm trying to say. I suppose. Um, obviously, well, I actually started playing. I started off playing piano. I had piano lessons. Didn't care much for that. Just playing kind of do re mi, kind of thing. Frere Jacques, da 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 da. Um, and then obviously you know guitar. Learned theory and everything through that, and you know. I have a funny relationship with the guitar I, I in my older age I come back to it really strongly but I leave it just as quickly it's just kind of I don't know like we kind of we don't fight but yeah I, I don't I don't know I think as I got older my image the image of, image of things that my images of desire have just shifted so wildly from, you know, when they were as a kid, where I would practice a bazillion million hours a day. Uh,
1: yeah. On on guitar specifically?
0: Yeah, just all day long. That's all I did as a kid was, well, you know, teenager, 14, 13, I must have started. And I would just play along to records and practice and then I had a guitar teacher and I just worshipped everything he ever said still do and then the band and like just you know I put in my time Mm -hmm. and yeah with the guitar I was like oh is that you know is that my thing and, it, you know, and, and I st- it's still where I get, like, my whole thinking is still based in that. My knowledge, my th- my knowledge of theory is still, I still kind of translate it into guitar in my head, even if I'm playing the piano or anything like that. Or I'm arranging something, even vocals or anything like that. I still kind of like think of it in guitar. Um, And so that's kind of like a foundation. And so I thought, and, and I'm continuously going back to it. There's like always, it, John Franchante was like, such a big i can't describe how big of a part he is in me desiring the guitar like the image in my mind is kind of him almost Mm -hmm. and the way and even now with his kind of you know resurgence the way he plays just speaks to me so much um i think the only other person in the last 35 years is like now like julian large is like the only person I've kind of like been like, ah, new God, you know, like, and kind of speaks to my older sensibilities and, and the things I want to achieve. I, I feel like I, you know, like I felt uninspired for, for a long period where, you know, I was, I couldn't see what I needed next. Like I knew what I needed next, but I couldn't see what I needed next. You know, like my th- my theory is super strong. You know, I could play along. I could learn to some degree with anything I wanted to play along to. It's just a matter of time. You know, like I'm not the fastest guitar player. I can't. You know, like I've I've never really cared for Steve Vai and that and Van Halen and t- stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like I I wouldn't learn polyphia now. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. um, all really cool. Uh, just. Not really what I was into, and so other than Julian Larson, that's really pushed me to come back to the guitar in a very different way now i now i i I love the way he uses it as like a classical instrument, and that has changed the guitar for me and because it was always just like all jazz, you know I've got to a point where it's like oh, i want to. I've got all these things I want to like get out and I can't, and I feel like I'm not really seeing the way out of the guitar playing that i'm doing now but then to see someone like julian large come along and do like i I always love keith jarrett i always thought he was just he's just the most exciting jazz musician out there as far as i'm concerned and just using jazz you know responsibly that's super exciting and making great melodies and using it to do something really exciting and progressive and, 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 and interesting and, and to use that sense of theory for good, in my opinion, rather than it sound too much in that jazz world. Like that's so exciting. And for me, like, Julian Large is like that on guitar. And mm-hmm. now, like, that's, that's kind of really piqued my interest. But, like, that's I, I had a brief period where I more or less lost interest in in uh-huh. in it.
1: When you say because you mentioned this before, this so like a, a a period of time of not feeling kind of connected to the guitar or mm. not feeling inspired to pick it up. Um, was it more that it didn't feel relevant in your life, or had you maybe uh overdone it for a period and needed a break? Did you need to reframe it? Um, the, tell me about that period.
0: Well, or was I mean, it recent? uh yeah. So I mean, uh, it kind of kind of tells the story, I suppose. But yeah, like, I kind of, we'd got to, like, we did, when we did, uh, so we did a, uh, 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 a small EP that was meant to be an album, but became an EP. And that was called Heaven and Earth EP. And at that time, I was enormously into John Frusciante and he's playing. And I was playing guitar and playing shows all the time and just... Like, kind of, you know, really. I felt like I was peak guitar at that point, if you know what I mean. I was re- like literally practicing as l- literally as as long as I physically could manage every day. And the good thing is, with the gigs, I could just warm up. I, I would literally do everything to just be like, "Give me as much time as you've got, so that I can just warm up backstage and be left alone for the <laughs> for as long as possible before I go on." And like, as the band, we were kind of pushing that and we were like really improvising a lot and and improvisation was such a big part of the band. And I love just kind of throwing new stuff at Jack and uh, Adam all the time and they were just amazing. And as much as they hated me for doing it, they would just pick it up and it would be brilliant. And we'd got to a point where it was like, we'd looked up and we're like, okay, we we need to make another album. And I... It was like, I feel like I just kind of was 14 and I was like, right, I want to do that. I'm going to play guitar. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and I'm going to be over there. And then I put my head down and like a kind of bulldog, just had my head down and just walked in that direction and just pushed everything I could out the way. And then we got there. And then I was like, okay, is this what I wanted to be? Like, I've, I'm here now. I never looked up. I've, it's been like 10 years, and I've just not really assessed what this is. I've is,
1: just, that, is that, when you say, is it literally 10 years to 24? To maybe. Or? I don't know. I have no
0: idea. But <laughs> um, I don't know about time. Uh, but we got to this point. It was 2000 and something. And... <laughs> And we were just, I was just like, my dreams weren't this. They were like, this band should be everything. Like literally should be about being bigger. I never wanted to be a band. I, I wanted it to be just bigger than that and just wider and broader. And I wanted to bring in so many other things And then we just made an album, which specifically, to my insistence, was like, I want this to be just the most sparkling production, just big poppy production record. Just super shiny, heavy, big chorus, big vocals. And that's what it was. And and I was kind of like, okay. And this is the Heaven
1: and Earth EP. Heaven and
0: Earth, yeah. And I was like, that's done. We've done that now. And then I was just like, what, what is this about? I've, I feel like I was like, and it's not the same, but you know, you're 14, you're like, oh, Wembley Stadium. And then you get there and then you're like, oh, is this what I wanted? Like, I kind of was just focusing on getting to that point of that uh, and just kind of improving the band and improving what we're doing. And then, uh, and then, yeah. And then we kind of had like, what felt like a, summer off I suppose and kind of had a few festivals and was just I just was like oh I wanted to do you know I just didn't want to be this three-piece you know guitar band thing it just not it wasn't the whole image I wanted it to be everything I wanted it to be pianos and strings and synths and da and I don't know how but my birthday was coming up and I came into some money I think PRS actually thanks PRS um,
1: not, the, not the guitar company. Not the guitar the company, yeah, royalties. the royalties. Yeah, just Our first
0: little royalties chunk, and it was my birthday coming up, and I was like, you know what, I'm going to treat myself. I felt like For all the birthdays before that, that money had gone straight back into the band to get a pedal or something I needed for the band, and I was like, I'm going to get this. And for the longest time, I'd been eyeing up modular synths in every person's that I ever looked up to in all of their pictures, there would be a modular Simpson in the background. And certainly, obviously, John Frusciante. But again, Johnny Greenwood, Trent Reznor, all these people. And my music taste was changing. I was kind of wanting to do something wider. I was getting excited by films. And a lot of my friends were kind of, you know, really uh, uh, kind of introducing me to all this kind of like new technology that was coming in and soundtracks and all this stuff was kind of, you know, starting to really take hold at that time. And this idea that, we could just make something bigger than that, and then um, I thanks Toman. I mean, not thanks. I gave you my money, and you gave me what I, what you asked for. So, um, but thanks for it. Um, yeah. they had a dot for complete system, kind of suggested setup or whatever it is. But like a of three rows, there was two of them were full, and I was just
1: like, "Do it. It's gone. It's happened." <laughs> I'm getting a synth. Just, just, just for a flavour. Like, what kind of commitment is that financially?
0: Um, I think just a little under two thousand pounds. Okay, so a lot of money. Um, it's a lot of money, and hence why it hadn't happened before. Sure. Um, and I had. actually, it goes a bit more, a little more specific than this. I'm gonna kind of. I feel like I've told this story quite a lot. So, it comes, and I'm like now what? And I spent the whole day trying to work out each individual module. Like what does this do? What does that do? And I just set myself rudimentary tasks. Like I want to make a kick drum. How do you make a kick drum? And obviously the idea, and for anyone kind of unaware, the the way to think of a modular synth is just a synth in its in its intrinsic parts, just broken down into tiny little parts. Each thing does one thing and you join them up with cables and, and that creates a sound um, and, the, and it kind of brings me I suppose as to then as to why I chose it and I'm going to get slightly more specific to just two little modules and I was thinking to this day of all this system lots of very complex maths and physics essentially and the journey it's taken me on there are two tiny little Modules, um, uh, and they're they're basically just part of the same company or whatever. And every time I touch them, they're so simple. There's, I'll put a picture up on on screen. I'm not sure. I don't even know how much Matt can uh, see, but oh, look at that! And the rod, the the things in the way, they're just here. These two, um, and all they are, okay, is one of them is an oscillator and one of them is a filter. They are by mm. AJH. Um and they're called uh well the the kind of uh I don't know, the series. It's called AJH Mini minimod. Um and literally, quite literally, it is the oscillator of a nineteen oh, I think it's sixty-four, uh, mini moog, and the ladder filter from a nineteen sixty four mini moog. Paint you know, okay. lovingly recreated. There are two modules. There are Seven knobs and one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine little patch points. Right, mm-hmm. relatively simple. I'll put, up, like I say, I'll put up a picture on screen. I'm going to come back to this in a second. And so I've got this this module. I've spent all this money. Plug it all in. And uh, like, cool. I'm going to make a kick drum. And then I just sat there going like. How do you make a kick drum? Like how, like I can hear a kick drum in my head. Sure. I can get a picture, I can get a sample of a kick drum. I can get another instrument that can play a kick drum. I can go on my DAW my Ableton. I can find a million kick drums. And long story long, I had to Google it. I spent all day trying to work it out and I couldn't work it out by myself. And I was patching things, and I was like, okay, I've got, you know, essentially a a sound, and then I need to, and and again, the way to think about this is in a modular sense. Mm -hmm. You have something, you want to encapsulate it, or you want to change it, or you uh, uh, want to modulate it, and then, you know, you need to think about the processes that you need to go through. And I think, and again, the reason I bring it up today Whereas guitar for me was, is music, like my, my gravitational center is, is around the guitar. It was doing this. And then, like I say, Googling that and being like, oh, do that. Like, that's not, I can't hear that. And then I would do it. I'd be like, oh, kick drum. And I'd be like. When you say you can't hear it, so what do you mean? For example, it's a good lesson. So you think about a kick drum, right? Mm -hmm. If you have to make a kick drum from scratch, you you have to kind of start boiling little bits down. Okay. So you have to think about the sound and then you're like, right, it kind of you have a initial hit, like the kind of Mm -hmm. again, think of an actual kick drum. You have the initial hit, the beater hitting the the drum itself, and then some kind of thump, yeah, and that tails off, right? So it kind of looks like an ice cream cone that's fallen on its side. It's kind of, you've got your initial transient and then a kind of tail after that. So you kind of like, okay, well, okay, initial, pick pick which one. You you can take each of those little things and be like, right, okay, how do I get the weight of the sound? Okay, so you're like, okay, well, an oscillator, that's essentially your sound source, which is basically just playing a particular waveform, so for example, these ones have a choice of four and they're just playing infinitely forever. From the moment I turn it on, it's just bah, forever, hmm. right? Until I, obviously when I plug it into something that you can hear it with, then you can hear that noise, if that makes sense. But that's all it's doing, forever and ever, amen. And then you're like, cool. Well, now I need to make that shorter. I need to make it go, but, but, but. So you're like, okay. I need to get that sound. I need to put it into something that's going to kind of act like a gate or like a vessel and let it out.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then you're like, okay, how do I let it out? <laughs> I need to get something to say, now, now, now. Do you see what I mean? And like, yeah, yeah. And so then, you build it up. So like now you've got a note that's just going, bop, 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 you know, that's not a kick drum. And then it's like, that, again, you know, kind of where you're like, okay, well, how does it... And then you have to really listen. And you're like, you hit a drum, it goes kind of, doo. So you're like, oh, so the pitch is going down. Like it starts high, do, and goes low. So now I need to get something to take the pitch of my oscillator and go, boom, at the same time that I'm triggering something to kind of let that sound out. And so now I've got something going, boom boom, boom. Do, do you know what I mean? And then you you're go. like,
1: you're a lot closer.
0: You're, you go, oh, okay. That sounds like a, it's actually a lesson that I do uh, teach sometimes here. And I, it's a good lesson. So I'm like, right, make me a kick drum. I bet you've never nice. thought about a kick drum in this way before. Checks in the post. Yeah, exactly. And and so you, you see what I mean, mm. but what it did, and it's so, you know, consequently I made a whole record basically around discovering this as I discovered it. And it, I think it took maybe about three years for us to to learn how to make a record, me included, but it was more me turning up like with a demo for for, for a demo for curtains and being like, "I've done this. what do you think?" <laughs> and seeing if people were like, "No, this is not and our manager and label included
1: it was so kind- that I'm, I'm assuming because you were kind of tackling an all new thing mm. so you spent your, your ten or so years Mm-mm doing one thing, you, mm-hmm. you, which you'd started really early, mm-hmm. got competent at, got really good at. Mm-hmm. And so, walk in the park, you're wanting more. fact, you kind of reach out to synth, but you're essentially starting over. And yeah. I'd yeah. i assume it's quite a... learning that kind of process, presumably on your own, mm-hmm. uh, with the help of, you know, Google or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> I guess you can get what you're describing to make a kick drum, mm. right? A lot of people will go and move their foot <laughs> hit, hit him, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and put a mic in front of it. Kick mm, drum, yeah. done. That's it, hit um, the pad, press the keyboard. Exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like, it- Yeah, So you, but it's a quite a solitary learning experience, mm. which um, I guess you get a bit of tunnel vision in that sense. Mm. So when you were going back to the band or the label or whatever, mm. was i assume that the feedback was positive or did they think you were going insane or uh, did, were they like you know if your guitars just over there you know well on, Andrew. but uh, well,
0: uh, what funnily was enough it like
1: a a supportive thing or you know how did you tackle that you know
0: i mean i'd kind of i'd already made some stuff and hadn't sent it and naturally like i would be doing so and again that's what it's so good about it is that kind of on the route to finding that kind of sound. And again I just set myself tasks. Like I made a snare a few days later etc 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 until then and obviously like you know if you want it to just be your synth i.e. just monophonic whatever that's fairly easy you know like you put the oscillator into a filter and wow you can do all of that kind of stuff and whatever and control it with the computer you know it's kind of all easy to do um, and so it, it was kind of, I I kind of made a lot of things fairly quickly with that. And then kind of it, in a weird way, actually the hard thing to do was to get it back into the band, if that makes sense. I was kind of like, ah, mm-hmm. oh, this is opening up everything. And at the time as well, my music taste had completely changed at that point. Then I literally was like, right. I feel like I need to learn the classics. So like Aphex Twin, Venetian Snares, you know, like Vangelis, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Like uh, any big, you know, I feel like, you know, the equivalent of being like, you get a guitar and then you're like, right, I need to learn Hendrix. I need to learn Page. I need to learn Beck. the Yeah, exactly. Mm. And so my interest in guitar and, and that, I just, Dissipated in that as far as my music taste was concerned. and you know it's very easy to start make you know the classic electronic one oh one you start making little beats, but they go nowhere kind of thing, or you make little loops and that's cool. and so yeah, by the time I'd kind of got it there, actually again, finding like you were saying about news like finding kind of jumping off or jumping into places like james blake was a a really big influence uh, around that time being that he was making pop songs with and Mm -hmm. that's still my criticism really of electronica is that like it's incredible and taking so many risks and so so future sort of facing but very rarely kind of funneled into great music you know uh, as a song um and or, or as a as a as a narrative or anything like that. And so again, even kind of formulating those ideas, it took me a long time to like get through all of that stuff. And again, inevitably have my Aphex twin phase. I kind of need to like do my childhood really quickly. As in be yeah. like, right, you know, like, like catch up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I'd turn around to all my friends who'd been recommend me recommending me. You know, electronic artists for years being like, "Have you heard Aphex Twin?" Like, ah, oh. and they're like, "Yawn." You know, like, who's this guy? So I had to kind of like get through that stuff quickly, and kind of like get those phases out of my <laughs> out of my system because that's all I would want to make. And they're like, "Right, well, how, how how can I make you know sounds like Aphex Twin? How can I make sounds like this?" But at its core, what it also did was kind of like just break apart my feelings about music and my knowledge of music like I I -hmm. I just had seen it in such a very particular lens and and again what kind of why I bring it back to these two separate modules that I got a little bit later on um like I say they're there 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 is nothing fancy about them as far as a module is concerned they're about 250 pound each like I say one is an oscillator one is a filter you plug the oscillator into the filter, happy, you know, wow, sounds like a big old moog. Mm. Brassy, rich,
1: low end. And like I said... No, I the, guess it's, worth, it's, it's worth adding that you can get uh, it's like software versions of these two oh, things. absolutely. It, to the million fold. You know, it's like a, a, buying a reverb pedal or something. Yeah. Or, a, a, you know, Tube Screamer clone. Yeah. the. Um, but I guess the hardware element allowed from a learning point of view it's more tactile it's kind of yeah you're asking me about you know the physical Mm. piano thing I imagine it's quite a similar uh thing for you especially if you're yeah you're starting from scratch Mm. uh you might feel the same but you know when you Open a, a session or whatever. And have all these software things, if you if and plugins. If you don't know where to start with a particular one, mm-hmm. uh, this is probably what the fundamentals you'd say. Yeah,
0: yeah. Of. Like it, it, it's you know, like it, it, it also like like two different things that are like I, I just think are are amazing. <clears throat> three three different things that are amazing. One thing is cool about it. Is that like, and, and again, what's so, I love these two. I, I use them in everything I've ever done. And they are, like I say, as a module, so simple. It could not be, there are so many other modules that do so many other crazy granular, you know, uh, 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 through zero, da, 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 like just quadrative, you know, it just, so much else. What's so cool about this and the simplicity of it is it also that it kind of like reins you in. And also like what you start to realise is everything is everything. Like, <laughs> it, it, like the, as far as like the patching, obviously it's like a million holes of like, you know, all over my modular here. And what's cool is there's no wrong. There's no like... There's no, that will blow that up, or anything like that. Yeah, Everything is fair game. And it changes the way you think about music, because then you can, uh, and why I love it so much, and certainly, like I say, these particular two, and I have to give a shout out to people like um, uh, uh, Ben uh, from YouTube channel uh, Divkid, and Mylar Melodies as well, amazing YouTubes, we'll put them in the description. They are so good at explaining this stuff, and like, also like Ben particularly, like his knowledge is in, is, is just far beyond what I'll, I'll ever truly understand. And he continuously takes something that I just took for granted and go like, oh, so you can plug this into here. And I'll be like, what? <laughs> you can. And I'll be like, of course you can. Like you can plug every, but it's so easy in your brain. It'd be like this. It'd be like, you know, you take your pedals, right? And you have your guitar mm. and you plug your lead into your guitar. And then your guitar goes into one pedal and it goes out the other pedal and it goes into the amp kind of thing. I think like, for example, like that is just A to B to C. That's how your brain Mm -hmm. is wired. As a guitar player, it's like guitar to here to there. It's kind of like, like if you could kind of like, like it'd be the equivalent of being like, I'm going to put a tremolo pedal through the effects return, and I'm going to mm. set the tremolo pedal to 100% depth. So essentially, turning the amp off and on
2: <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. at, re- at kind of different intervals, and then I'm going to get another pedal to control how the rate of how fast those happen, those off and on, etc., etc. And and like you realise that like power is audio is modulation is a waveform is a switch is a gate is a trigger is a envelope you know a, a square wave which is literally most extreme on most extreme off that's a switch um it's the same in your light light switch um you know it's uh you can use that to turn things on and off um you can um, use it as a gate you can use it as a trigger because obviously extreme on is on and extreme off is off like and that you can also use it as a, as a sound wave. It's also you know pretty pretty nice sounding uh, sound wave. You can use that to control other things. You can use that to turn things on or not. You can like, and then y- y- you start going like, well, I can plug anything into anything. And again, why I love particularly again these two, super simple, nothing unusual at all about them. But what I love is a they sound incredible every time, like. I just can't get the same sound on the computer at all. Like It just sounds so warm and natural and rich. But what's also cool is, is it's like, it's so simple that you can just kind of, like, you can just sit there with just two of these modules of how many I've got, and I can just patch things between them. And within seconds, I got like, I, something I could never conceive. But there's sure. nothing nothing special going on. I'm just taking... Certain waveforms and just replugging them into one another. Like there's nothing, nothing special. It's it, you know. Like there's no, there's there's no. I'm not even really getting all the choices I could have out of this module. It's just very, 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 very simple, very, very natural. But every time, I'm inspired to like rethink what I'm doing. Like what what happens if I put that into there? Like I would never do that. Like it seems unheard of. I don't know. Do you, like I I can't. I think. Quite
1: kind of, it, it, it feels across. like. Yeah, what's kind of sprung to mind is with a guitar, you have an amp, mm-hmm. and there are these uh, very distinctive kind of famous sounds mm-hmm. which have almost standardised uh, a lot of guitar gear. Mm-hmm. You know, so that uh, this is a good sound, this is a bad sound, yeah, uh, and. Obviously, there are there is a load of gear, and you could do you could still do what you want. You could wire mm. it all back to front, but it's it's a little more standardised in that sense. What it, it sounds like, um, s- these modules have given you an opportunity to go back a step mm-hmm. and kind of remove any kind of standardisation. You, you're coming at it fresh as well, which I think is a benefit.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, it, it can be seen as you know you don't know anything, mm. but then you'll come at it with with just your own uh, naive perspective in a good way absolutely Um, so yeah so I'm interested to to know if you've kind of undoing undoing your current knowledge Mm -hmm. uh, you've got to a certain point with guitar why yeah what what was it that made you think why did you want to go there do you think
0: um well, I mean, obviously, like there was a, you know, again, I, I feel like I'm always that there's a leading of some kind as always, you know. I mean, certainly, you know, take it was kind of happening a little bit before then, and I, I followed his early solo work as well. But certainly, you know, around Stadium Arcadium and kind of the whole uh, uh, Moga Muga fugas Moga however you see it, like that thing was kind of coming out and you could hear it, you know, on Stadium Arcadium and uh, Danny Calaver, like all that kind of stuff, like long established. And obviously again, in in his solo work as well, that influence. And obviously I was enormously into Radiohead and again, Nine Inch Nails. And so like that wider world was, was there. And again, I think again, in, in, in an age as well, where I, I, you know we'd done the kind of aggressive, spiky dissonance you know and and I kind of felt like I'd got to where i'd like kind of not done it but like i i kind of had at least scratched a bit of that itch and you know for for me music is more than that though you know like i think I think of music in a much wider sense and a much more kind of um cross media sense and you know obviously my appreciation for films and book and literature and everything at the time was increasing tenfold and, and wanting to see and do more and create more of an experience you know the the the, the music for me was always about that mm. I, for some reason like I say I think just kind of the grinding of it like just trying to get our band out there and play shows that was kind of what took sort of priority and we just kind of if anything I felt like those the first few records were kind of like (laughs) like a dog with a bone I kind of like I want to make like the best album and then I'd be like oh not like that and then the next one I'd be like right I'm going to make it even better and then I would the next one I'd be like no no now we can do it even better and I felt like we kind of got there with Heaven and Earth was kind of the album that the Left Fire should have been in my mind anyway to some degree but we we hadn't we didn't have the ability we hadn't got to that. We, we couldn't have got to that point without it. So, like I say, there were so many, you know, catalysts in kind of getting there. And and around the time, Daryl, the the original drummer, uh, he had to uh, to leave. So he was kind of, you know, and we started the band together as well. So it was okay. kind of like fresh start. Like we didn't have Jack for a long time. Uh, we didn't have it kind of secured. I suppose it was kind of yeah. we were seeing what was going to happen with the band. And so it kind of felt like. You know, I, I wanted, you know, and I still do. Like I'm still kind of chasing that I, to do something interesting, you know. And like, and and like we we're saying about, uh, you know, in the last show about leaving something, and you know, and 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 I, I was, I mean, it's, there's an arrogance to any of it, I suppose, but just wanting to do something different and interesting and and meaningful you know, and tell us, mm-hmm. tell a story. I mean, every song I use, the words I use are all narrative based. I don't, I always think of it as a, a you know, a start and an end and a, you know, and there's an, a narrative and this, you know, these are the details and these are the parts of the narrative. Musically or otherwise, I think everything, the more that everything can kind of reflect on itself, the, the stronger that idea becomes. Uh, you know, I, I would like to think that listening to the song is very, it should be fairly obvious as to, the, what the narrative is or, or or the feelings are. And so like, it kind of felt like just having a, also my interest in production and obviously then wanting to, uh, you know, again, my obsession with detail and, and, and and that kind of stuff is honed in Omar Rodriguez and John Frusciante and Tom, you know, these people who were auteurs and kind of, you know, I wanted to be that guy, prolific guy, always in the studio, you know, and, and, you know, visionary, whatever, you know, and, and to make, you know, that, make that contract with the audience that, you know, anything of ours you would get would be just done to the utmost of our ability, you know, at the time, you know, and, and, uh, and so again, all of that was kind of feeding in and also like, that, I felt like I wasn't doing that as well. And so again, that was a big push, you know, so like,
1: was that, was that a kind of like a, a growing feeling that kind of, cause it sounds like it, it sounds like, uh, this happened all very naturally. Um, to some degree, yeah. F- kind of finding like guitar kind of going away and then almost needing a refresh, which I think is is natural, especially with the, you know, you're talking about quite a long time of mm. doing exclusively guitar.
2: Um,
1: do you think, you talked about influences now, mm. you know, John Fischonné being back in, some different in mm. Julian Large, you know mm. more jazz guitar stuff are you now because obviously the record that you're talking about uh ended up containing guitar yeah so yeah, uh, yeah, so it wasn't you didn't go you know full synth album
0: I could, yeah um, I, I knew i couldn't i couldn't I knew i could never I knew I could never truly abandon and 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 I was just to say and it's really true that at the time me, Jack and Adam, when we got there, we were in a position where like, we were just killing it together in the room. And they they kept me interested in playing rock music because playing rock music with them is amazing. It's the best feeling ever. And like, they're so good at it. And just the power behind that as well. And so like playing in the room with them, I was so excited, and if anything like like I say, they kept me excited about rock music at the time, and they were so valuable in in you know we i knew i I knew at the same time that I have to be a director and this growing these feelings I need to manage them, and I also need to kind of be aware of the audience to some degree, in as much as I like to kind of be like. No, I'm going to do what I'm going to do and that's why you're going to like this record. <laughs> like you know, I can't I can't be I can't ignore that there's an audience there. And also, you know, I can't go completely the other way. Uh, uh ironically, the last record we did was actually we didn't I didn't by the time I'd started that record I didn't even know I, I was going to stop the band. Um but the idea was actually that in writing those tracks I ended up writing extreme versions of all of the tracks that kind of then got kind of put on a shelf until we found something that was kind of better and by what I mean by that is for example you know uh, while as I was still learning to 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 write in this way and to and again the big thing is using modular like it's a it's a time suck because you can just play with it for hours and the whole thing is like making music with it is the is the key you know finishing music with it is the key and so I would easily make a kind of cacophony of sound and make this great beat and this great track. And then I'd be like, okay, I'm happy with that. That's a cool melody. That's, I've scratched that itch. But for it to be on this record, you know, like it's too, it's too one way. It's like when you, you know, it'd be like learning guitar and then being like, ah, oh, you know, I've, I can play along to every single Jimi Hendrix record. And this next mm-hmm. song I made is really, really good but you know in your heart it's really like (laughs) those Jimi Hendrix records. And so you're like, okay, I'm happy, but for this to be original, it needs to kind of go back in the pot and be mixed with some other things. And so actually the idea was, is that when we finished Melancholia Hymns, we would put out three versions of the EP. So actually the one that came out, Landslide, just so happened that I was working on that and I had those tracks pretty ready. That was the electronic versions of all the... Songs we well a, nice. a good chunk of the songs we'd made. we made. We had actually had a classical version of just strings and piano that I'd also worked on of all like the other versions of the songs of the same song, like sometimes a completely different song, but kind of the, in the same pocket. And then we also had a really heavy version. And the original thing was to put out three EPs with nice. you know like and, and a different version of the song but like really different version of the song. Um, But often those versions were the first version. And so like, if I had something that was completely guitar, I would be like, cool, it needs to kind of blend a bit to fit on the record Mm -hmm. and feel at home in the record. And so while I was kind of learning how to blend it in the Arcane Roots world and, you know, kind of rein in some of my own passion and, and kind of find something in the middle of course, you know you know it's one of those things that you find it perfectly on the last track, you know, and mm. then you're like, "Cool, next record, <laughs> you know, like you know like, we just got good at doing that kind of thing um so yeah, so like it it was a it it was natural, but there was there's still a within it, anything like that, you know i I still have to have kind of half an eye on the idea mm. that like this is gonna come out at some point and I need yeah, to definitely. play it, so you're, and,
1: so you're aware of what you're doing, rather than it just being a pure feeling-based, yeah, childlike. After thing. after the effect, after the effect, yeah.
0: I try not, I try very hard to make sure that that doesn't have any impact at the time. Sure, and then kind of upon review, hence why, like I say, on this on that album, we made like ten versions of each track that mm-hmm. were very very different sometimes completely different in, in all but feel <laughs> vague like oh this has a dumb kind of feel to it <laughs> um like but yeah it was kind of like a redaction of trying to learn how to play it and learn how to write with it and then kind of bring it bring it in but um to this day it's still like i, I still even more like uh, the more my understanding is of it the, the just the more that i want to uh, um the more that I, and the more that I use it, and the more like kind of inspiration that it, it gives me, and and again, it comes straight back into a guitar as well. Like
2: you start going to say, you start I mean, realizing
0: uh, it's a pedal, like it's just a big pedal, yeah. and like it's a big amp as well, and a big guitar. So like it changed when you know the more then I got into pr- producing, the idea of a compressor, a VCA, you know anything like this any effect, any delay, any reverb, any, anything, Be- because like you're learning those tiny little blocks to, to try and achieve one thing, mm-hmm. understanding a compressor is like, Oh, that's just like this. Or like, you know, when I'm dialing in my amp and I'm like, Oh, okay. Like, Oh, this is just like that, you know, like, or, and, and, and it's a really good way of like getting your under- understanding of like, cause it's essentially just physics. It's just basic physics. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. Uh, it's, become invaluable like i wouldn't have picked up those concepts as clearly if i didn't kind of go through that uh, uh, uh and and
1: it's it, it's almost like a direct comparison it's like the um we're all familiar with the theory of music mm-hmm. this is like the theory of sound yeah yeah it, it, it which is when you say it like that you're like why isn't that more standard Mm-mm. do you know you know you we separate that from music in a you learn about sound waves in school and stuff like that. And um, yeah, that sounds entirely logical and useful. Yeah, um, and it's, it helps with pedals. And, and like I say, I, I looked at my amp completely
0: differently. You know, like going back, I feel like I've got a healthy passion now. I kind of feel like I'm fairly 50-50 with them both. And at the moment, I'm particularly you know uh, um, engaged with the guitar. I'm, I'm really enjoying it. and But it, it does, you know, you think about pedals, you think about gain staging, you think about... Um you know, headroom and all those kind like all those kinds of concepts are, are just uh, uh, sort of started there you know and and so mm-hmm. again, you know made me better at creating better effects made my guitar sound better made you know me better at understanding how my amp works and and how my guitar works and you know again like uh, you know like you take shows like that pedal show they 're kind of scratching most of that concept. All the time, and they're talking about pushing mids and all this kind of stuff. Like those, all of those
1: ideas really kind of just come back to these really basic sort of building blocks. Um, totally, they're, and, and they're the kind of things that are. It's easy when you know how. It's basic, you know. Now you've been through that, but that's a lot of learning and a lot of experimenting. Um, yeah, but I also I also find it interesting that. Uh, Because you didn't really specify, but I got, you know, I I assumed that Mm. you're, we're talking about guitar here, Mm. but in talking about guitar, we've talked a lot about not guitar. Yep. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? So, um, but it sounds like that, you know, sometimes breaking away from something you've done obsessively or or a lot Mm. can make it, you know, reframe it or, you know, make you enthusiastic and make you, hungry for it, you know, once again. Um, so, which I'm assuming, well, knowing you, um, you know, I'm not interviewing you from like mm-hmm. a, a cold start. Uh, but so nowadays you said that there's, you know, for you're back into Freshante land. Mm-hmm. You're uh, Julian large. You, you, you're into guitar again, mm-hmm. but what is it? Why? Like, why bother? why, yeah, I just. What do you What do you feel about the guitar now? Like, is it is it important? Is it important in your life? Is it important in the world? Do you want to be writing guitar based music? Like, what's the What's the crux of guitar for you now?
0: Hmm. Good question. Um. Like. I think it's like the next thing is always the thing for me. Like right, like I, I've you know i spent what or four five years now, kind of adrift. I feel I'm kind of you know been going away and been you know my my goals were like okay I want to learn I want to learn to work with other people I want to learn to you know kind of if I'm not doing the band, what am I doing? And kind of been pushing, you know, again, by the time we finished those records, you know, I was I felt like I was a kind of a, um, uh, you know, a a, a somewhat capable, semi-capable producer. And I could kind of, you know, and luckily I had a few great opportunities to kind of shine. And and that, you know, it's kind of led me down there and kind of figuring out what I was going to do post-band or whatever. But the idea... And and even, you know, I have a Patreon and I, I do all those kinds of things. And I thought I would be about other things. I was always, you know, the grass is greener. I was always looking at other things being like, oh, I'm, I could be, you know, I could be this guy or I could, you know, make a YouTube channel and ta-da-da, whatever. But I realised one by one, like what I'm actually really, well, the only thing I really care about and that, and, and, and I... I I sup- it has to be the only thing I'm good at is, is I, I really like writing music and that after trying all those other things I was like even working with other people to be honest I was <laughs> like I just I know what I want and I know what I want to do and it's always that thing on the horizon in the same way that we started the band because like quite simply I love heavy music I love the passion, I love the energy, I love seeing it, I love riffs, I love everything that goes with it, except the songs most of the time. And, you know, I love screaming and all the all, all the energy and the... For me, that's like, exp- it's like peak expression, you know? It's acting almost, it's almost like a theatre. But it just didn't have the like power and the punch of pop music and it didn't have great it didn't have the melodies i wanted it didn't have the kind of choruses i wanted It didn't have the kind of uh harmony i wanted and that's why we started the band and it was the still hmm. that was the whole reason and f- for me that's kind of just shifted to be like okay well now i've kind of i love electronic music and I, I i love that side of production i think it's still I'm learning so many things all the time, finding all these incredible artists doing incredible things with that side of production and that whole world of electronic music that they just embrace new technology and they embrace new formats and they just a kind of just taking on these big chances and really looking, really, it's like really forward-facing towards making something beautiful and actually like making something artful. Mm-hmm. Um and cross format and blah 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 blah. But then at the same time, I'm like, I want to put that into guitar music. And and like electronica and guitar music is kind of like pr- prodigy? Or like if you pendulum. It's <laughs> kind of like or muses or corns latest dubstep or whatever. Like it's a bit kind of
1: jokes and or a bit I, I would say on on, rapid. The, on the surface and I think that some of those examples are definitely like uh early trials you yeah. know Or oh, Linkin Park and Jay-Z you yeah, know yeah, it's yeah. like Aerosmith run DFC you know go even further back uh, uh but I, I do think well what you're talking about is becoming more standard take a band like Leprous, you know, yeah, um, yeah, sure. You know, for uh, even Agent Fresco or whatever. Yeah. Uh, all these kind of more modern bands, fusing, uh, electronic mm-hmm. guitar, uh, you know, classical instruments, all instruments mm-hmm. and pop sensibilities with screaming. Yeah. And it's like, we talk about, I, I don't want to go there because we, we often talk about, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the endless possibilities of now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, uh, so is that specifically what you'd like to do is that your your kind of goal yes a hundred percent down to the path to realize um now you've built up your armory of skills and gear and tools i mm-hmm. guess um is, is it a we're talking um you know on a podcast recently about your like last three years of um a period of realization mm. in, mm-hmm. in in writing and, and and songwriting and production yeah is, is is this is this the point where it kind of all comes together i hope so and the and the guitar kind of is still in your hand you know yeah no the guitar the guitar
0: like i say it's funny the gu- it, it's it's like yeah I, there's never going to be a time I don't think there'll be a guitar in my hand if that makes sense like I, I definitely it was definitely never about one or the other I think for the longest time it's about how I can combine them effectively and like and, and also like complementarily and 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 avoiding the kind of you know oh it's just a drum loop like kick drum machine drum loop type thing and like I feel like you know like I was guilty of that you know in in some of that I, I, you know, the idea was to finish Melancholy Hymns and not feel like Electronica 101 or like, you know, Arcane Roots find a drum machine type thing. Like that was a a phrase I used a lot because I wanted it to feel competent. Um, and kind of, I like to think that anyone who did like Electronica might not wince at some of the kind of, you know, kind of basic techniques that I was using or or song structures or ideas or what have you. Whereas I think now like there are people, you know, like, you, you look at, you know, certainly on the top line of Arca and Sophie and people like, you know, like clipping and death grips and, and like people doing really aggressive electronica. Uh, and, um, you know, and Code Orange, you know, like they're most re- like mm-hmm. really embracing, um, uh, uh, electronica and modular and, and everything like that, but like in a in a way that's meaningful that that, that, mm-hmm. that, that reflects in their sound. It doesn't, it, it's not like a sudden switch to electronica and then back to metal. Like it's is ingrained in the sound. And uh, for me, that that's what's super exciting. Ironically, like I'm finding myself listening to more and more industrial noise and kind of uh, uh, um, super kind of. Uh, uh, kind of a, a broken industrial electronica but then my guitar influences are almost entirely jazz <laughs> so <laughs> no. like like following that and and kind of um you know it's i don't know how to describe it but i'm like i'm just trying to pull things from from different areas and and it's i'm and trying to find anyone who's kind of leaning like it could be like you know a serbian gypsy folk record, but the guitar, a guitarist happens to play in a way that feels, you know, uh, correct to me, you know, or like is, is playing, uh, playing in a certain way that I'm like, oh, that could work with this. You know, it, it's like a mosaic. It feels like in that, in that mm-hmm. sense. But yeah, like as far as guitar playing goes, like I said, I'm just more and more in, interested in playing jazz, but not necessarily in the way of it being, um, jazzy. Just just more mm. the, the the foundation of it and, and more the like you said like we were saying about the freedom of it, um, mm. and, and I've been really like interested in kind of studying studying again uh, rather than kind of you know okay. p- to be more to put it more into use, but I wouldn't ever use it like that i, I it's just that's the only examples it's- I can find of people doing something like I want it to be that that record we listened to last week, that um, uh, silica gel. Desert Eagle, the Mm. guitar riff like that just gripped me for six months because, like, I found someone who was using the guitar in a way that was like, oh, that's kind of jazzy, but it's also like, it's sick. It's it's such a big riff. It's such a cool riff. It stands on its own, but it's kind of the guitar as a as a part. Like, it's not like a it's not playing chords, but it's outlining the chords. Do do you know what I mean? And it it like straddles both
1: lines. You know, Um, it almost it it almost feels like the guitar kind of started as a hobby mm. became a job and you're maybe coming back around to just enjoying it again for no reason uh, yeah i hope and, so and and there's, <laughs> there's, when you're saying about those kind of two strands of influence there's there is a point where a distorted synth sounds like a distorted guitar yeah so you know the same effects can be achieved mm-hmm. um so yeah i think the main thing is though with all this stuff is that you know you put to kind of keep it it's almost like a uh, a commitment to yourself when you put in this many kind of hours and Mm. this much interest and time into an instrument just finding ways to keep it fresh or you know finding ways to not not forcing it but maybe it'll just come more naturally because you love it to you know find ways to reframe it to keep it in your life Mm. um You have to grow with it. It's a
0: companion, you know, it has to, it has to come with you, you know, as you, you know, as you are finding, you know, the piano, uh, you know, again, in a place where you can find it as well, you know, like you're at the time and age and financial, you know, like everything comes together. It's like, oh, now I have a piano. You know, I Mm -hmm. think it, it, I think being in a role where you need to make something for as a product or as a output that's expected i think that that can kind of force you into not growing with it and and kind Mm -hmm. of there's a a feeling maybe a repetition or even kind of a stagnation kind of within that Mm -hmm. whereas music needs to kind of like in a weird way it can be kind of debilitating knowing that someone's going to listen to something that you've made and and it can it can create feelings that are like counterproductive to what you're doing because you you maybe become aware or sensitive to it. You can't you can't be silly or you can't be like too uh extreme or, or whatever. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a yeah, sometimes the it's, audience it's, can play that role, you know?
1: Yeah, I think you're touching on um uh the reason changing. Mm. Uh which is Yeah, if you're you're doing it, if the reason you started is for fun and for creativity Mm -hmm. and that changes to something that's more about, it's more commercial or maybe more uh, strategic Mm -hmm. rather than pure freedom, which we've touched on a bit. Um, Yeah, I think maybe everyone creative is just yearning for creative freedom, I think. And then the whole the The whole struggle along the way is balancing that with the your real life stuff, like paying the bills and all this stuff yeah yeah um so I guess that will that will that will always change as your life changes but yeah. um yeah, I think I'm just it's just nice to it's nice that uh the conclusion isn't to give up sure that's it i i, I, I <laughs> that's that's
0: i think, that's, the I think best. that's
1: maybe the premise of what we're talking about with both of us
0: but that's 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 why you know i mm. i i can't ever see that hunger really going away I, I don't know what what i don't know what i'd be interested in and and i think you know i'd like to think for I mean, I don't know. I'm just me, I suppose, but I'd like to think for all musicians, there's always like a, something pulling on you that you wish you could do something that you wish you had the time to do something that, you know, like, I feel like for me, I just carry around a list of things that like, Oh, if I had the time, (laughs) you know, or, or, or I wish I could, you know, I wish I could do this. I wish I could be doing that. And, and that's what keeps you going is just, okay. You know, falling off falling on and you know and, and and you know like we've spoken about it's just kind of trying to find a routine to make it happen you know like and and just keep practicing there's always something you you if you get to the point where you're like oh i'm done i've mm-hmm. i've finished practicing then then you know then you're you're not really getting <laughs> yeah, anywhere maybe maybe something you know needs to change yeah 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 and you know mm-hmm. the idea being is that you know i'm sure bb king was Learning up until his grave, you know, kind of thing. Like uh, uh, there's still, the nuances kind of never really leave. I think you just kind of look a little harder maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. as with with anything. So, so yeah. And I think it would be nice to know. I, we haven't, I realized we didn't really discuss this before. I also had the same realization (laughs) a few minutes ago. Maybe we should, Um, uh, if in the playlist, what would be really nice? is um, if you want to put in the playlist and we'll put maybe put a couple of ours is maybe like a couple of the or a let's put in one like one of the kind of inspirations like something really that you know either a track that really sums it up or by an artist that kind of really led or really kind of uh, gave you like a, a you know a real moment of of, of inspiration or, or kind of desire yeah, like, like you you saw it
1: and you want to play and you know. Yeah, like, like a reason to keep going, or like a uh, yeah, your your benchmark for why. You yeah, know. absolutely. Kind of, it's, are we on the same page? Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Like you, you know, the the you know, or the song you pick up, or you listen to, and it makes you want to play. You know, and like it brings you kind yeah, of yeah, back yeah. back to that instrument. Um, yeah, so- and,
1: and and obviously, uh, you guys will have different different objects. Potentially, yes. It's and, not just pianists and guitarists. Anything, any instrument goes. And to be fair, I think maybe it'd be quite hard to, if you paint and don't play music, maybe it'd be hard to pick a song. But we're we're open-minded, yeah, um, yeah. Put in, put in what inspires you
0: to paint, or, or whatever your, you know, whatever kind of your, brings your inspiration in that sense. Also, it'd be lovely um, if you if you did have like a small a story or, or like a. You know, so if you're in the Discord, we'd love to hear like maybe why. Like I think that would be really interesting and, and inspiring Definitely. for everyone else. Um so please add your suggestion to our lovely playlist uh, playlist that is in the link below. And then you can come and join our lovely Discord, which is also a nice handy link below, where this evening at seven PM on a two every Tuesday. Which is now the new kind of format. We're going to be having our Discord after party where we listen to all of your inspirations, and if you feel so inclined, we would love to hear why those um, tracks inspired you particularly.
1: Um, and also, if you don't, if you're listening to this in 2025, that's true. Just come and. Click on the links below anyway. See what happens. It might take you somewhere that you never expected.
0: Well, I'm sure we'll still be in the Discord, so you can. Yeah, we probably will. It's an infinite party. There's all. We're always in and out of there throughout the week. So, um, so yeah. Thank you so very much. Thanks a lot, and and we will
1: see you next week. Bye, everyone. Indeed, ciao, bella.